Hello and welcome to the Metalheads Podcast. My name is George. This is Jerry. This is John. This is Marcuson. And today we are briefly down a couple of guys. Uh, Will, unfortunately, uh, got a hold of us earlier today, said he wasn't going to be able to make it last minute. Matt is uh, going to be here, but we're not quite sure when yet, but he will be here eventually. In the meantime, we are stepping into the Wayback Machine today to bring you my friend, Josh Aiken. Josh and I go back to the magical days of the 80s. We went to high school together and among other adventures. Welcome, Josh. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No problem. It should be, uh, should be loads of fun. Oh, it will be. <laughs> um, going to start off with a few questions. Uh, this one, I'm curious if you'll know. I don't know it, which is why I'm asking you. Okay. Do you have any recollection of when we actually first met? To me, I'm like, yeah. there's time before Josh, and there's time after Josh, but I don't recall the moment when we actually met. No, I don't either. I was actually, I was actually, you must have been sending me wavelengths because I was, I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, when did I meet George? Like initially, it it had to have been through mutual friends right as we were speaking recently it was a pretty small metal community in dexter and it was just like you you bumped into everybody at some point right right i mean small is that's i mean have you have you told these guys how big our like graduating classes were i don't know if i have or not i know i know it was like 140 people something like that mine was it was it was like 40 Whoa. For, for, for my graduating class, I mean, yours was probably a little bit bigger, but yeah. I mean, so imagine hey, there was like, what, maybe a dozen or so people in our school that listen to metal. Yeah. I so mean, if if the, with those small graduating classes, I want you to know the lesson I'm taking away is there's a lot of really stupid people there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there were thousands of people. It's just, they were all too dumb. But if 12 out of 40 listen to metal, that's not bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. for the whole school you know it's like a town of like 100 people i mean geez you know well you know it's funny i was i was looking at the uh this is going way off track here but hey why not um i was looking at the census for dexter like 1990 versus now and it was like a hundred and some thousand people and now it's like four hundred thousand people or something like that yeah. it's like yeah. whoa it's gotten a lot bigger yeah. Well, and you have to remember, I mean, it wasn't that long ago that Dexter was still considered technically a village. Yeah. The village. So of Dexter. it just, just recently became a town. So, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, it, it back, back when we were young, Dexter, it, when you lived in Dexter, you knew pretty much everybody on a first name basis. And you were, if you didn't know them very well, you were probably related to them. It was, it was, it was an entirely different world. Yeah. An all white world. I'm just trying to think like who, who would it have been? I don't know. I mean, I remember seeing you walking around on the, the halls with a freaking Celtic frost back patch, morbid tales. Yeah, that was, that was actually hand drawn. Okay. Yeah. Now, now that you say that, I remember that. I just remember seeing it and going, yeah. that's fucking badass. On my stupid jean jacket. You yeah. Know? And it's just like, oh boy. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't, I, for the life of me, I can't remember. Did you have the same beard back then? <laughs> Actually, <laughs> no, you no. Know, I, 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 not until I got old and hairy was I able to grow a beard like this. So do you remember my, my Scott Ian 
little yeah, furry. You're happy, yeah. I had this like just the, just the the thin part, and it grew down to probably about here. Yeah, you remember when George had hair on his head too? Yes, <laughs> when when we both had hair on our heads, and and it was long, it was long. It was long, and and we were probably what maybe two of like a handful of guys in 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 the entirety of our high school that had long hair. Yeah, we were. I mean, uh, me, you, me, you, Bill Copenhaver, and what like a few other people, you know? And yeah, like, and we were the only ones that listened to metal, and you know. We were freaks. Everybody hated us. That's, that's well, that's true. not true. People liked you. I, I don't know about that. You, uh, you were a genre crossing, you know, everybody liked Josh. <laughs> I think most of those people just liked me because I drank a lot. That could they, be. They thought I was cool. And I thought I was cool for some stupid reason, but clearly yeah. I was mistaken. All right. Well, let's see if we can get a question you can answer, which is when did you get into metal? You know, who, who got you into metal and what were the first bands to pump your nads? (laughs) Well, I, I don't remember the exact moment of metal, but Mm -hmm. I do remember rock Mm -hmm. for sure. And, uh, there was a one, a childhood friend, Joy Delano. I don't know if you remember remember him. him. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, I started hanging out with him and he was all into, you know, all the classic rock, Nazareth, ACDC, all that. And he turned me on to ACDC and I just thought that that was the coolest thing I'd ever heard as a, you know, uh-huh. 10, 11, 10, 10, 11 year old in, you know, a little backwater hick town, you know? Uh-huh. And so that's, that's that the very first concert that I ever went to was ACDC 1983 at uh, Joe Louis Arena. Oh, nice. Um, for, those who, for those who about to rock tour. Wow. Which, I have never seen ACDC. <laughs> which going, thinking back on it now, I clearly did not really understand what I was, you know, as 12 years old, I had no idea what I was really seeing. You know what I mean? I had, it was, I mean, obviously it was awesome. You know I mean? It was completely awesome, but I just couldn't, I didn't associate it with what, you know, they would be later, you know? Who Such opened that? Do you know? Oh, I don't, I don't even remember. Yeah. I don't remember. All I remember is that Joe Louis Arena was filled with a bunch of crazy people. It smelled like marijuana in there. Mm-hmm. And there was some crazy guy running around on stage that at some point mooned the audience. And I was just like, what is this guy doing? <laughs> is that George? Uh, it's probably what Angus. Yeah. But it was, it was pretty awesome. And then I think from there, it just kind of was an organic thing mm-hmm. as I was into rock. I, I got associated with people that were into more and more stuff, you know, and you, and it just kind of progressed from there. And then, you know, it started out with the classics, you know, Metallica, Megadeth, Anthrax. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I remember one, another one of our friends, Dan Tom Shaney yeah. came over. And he was, he was like, Oh man, you got to hear this new, you know, this new, this new band. He uh, put it, you know, it was a cassette at the time and he put it in there and it was started out and it was, you know, acoustic guitars. And I was like, oh man, what is this? Like, what are you Red trying to lightning. play? It was, no, it was beginning a battery actually. Oh, battery. And, and then okay, battery yeah. kicked in and I was just like, oh my God, you know, what is this? This is the greatest thing I've ever heard, you know? So, and then it, and it, it, so it just progressed, I think pretty organically just over time. Cause you know, once you 
start hanging out in those circles, you know, everybody's like, Oh, have you heard this? Have you heard this? Yeah. You we know? did a lot of tape trading, you know, I, I got, yeah, a, I yeah. got a lot of stuff from, uh, from Kurt, uh, Hughie and, uh, and, uh, George Schnell. Schnelly? I don't, George, I don't like George Schnelly. Schnelly. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was Schnelly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he lives, um, in, he lives in Florida now. Yeah, yeah. I'm friends with him on Facebook. And uh, Greg Nowak and... Oh, my God. Uh, Eric Thompson, or, or just King Diamond, if you want to call him that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> dude was a super King Diamond freak. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you, do you have any idea whatever became of him? I've tried to track him down and have no, no clue whatever I happened mean, to him. I mean, he was, he was like the one black guy in the entirety of Dexter, right? Yeah. So, I mean, he was, and he listened to metal. So he was like a, a complete anomaly, you know? Yeah. And, and like super cool guy. I yeah. Mean, just, he was awesome. Yeah. Really smart. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah for and sure. He, he always had good music. Yeah. Um, always, 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 always. Bill. Um, who else did I get music from? Uh, Mark Anderson. Yeah. Yeah. He used to give me rides um, to school once in a while. Really? Yeah. Or sorry, Mark. He was the, I mean, sorry, I'm thinking Mark Fetters. Oh, Mark Fetters, yeah. Yeah, because you lived right across the street from him. Sorry. No, Anywho. No, good. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, before the rest of the guys go to sleep, um, <laughs> <laughs> do, uh, what, what, what about like favorite styles of metal? Obviously, I know you're getting to the, uh, the 80s thrash and stuff, but uh, what, are, what are your styles of metal these days? Well, pretty much everything. I mean, I just... As time goes on, I think it's just age, you know, when you're younger, you know, you listen to certain specific types of metal, you know, and you're like, oh, I, I only listen to thrash, you know, or I only listen to death metal or whatever, whatever the case may be. Or, or, you know, in the case of the 80s, you know, for us, it was, you know, it was, there wasn't that many different styles, right? It was right. just, there was, there was metal. There was thrash there was and there was posers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's <laughs> like, ah, posers, kill them, you know, ah. But, uh, yeah, it, it, now I enjoy, I mean, if it's metal, I really enjoy it. The only kind of music that I don't really enjoy is pop. Mm -hmm. I mean, and so right now there's such a big, uh, revival of, of what young kids nowadays are calling traditional heavy metal, mm -hmm. you know, and that's what I cut my teeth on. You know, I mean, I mean, Halloween, you know, just all those bands, I guess that now sometimes are called power metal. I don't, you know, riot stuff like that. Uh -huh. um, now that there's such a big uh, influx of new bands that are playing that type of music, fate's warning, you know, stuff like that, that, I mean, that's always going to be my favorite at heart, you know? Right. But uh, my coworker is like big into death metal. So I've really begin, been getting into that a lot lately um southern metal i don't know why you would even call it that considering most of the bands that play that type of metal are not even from the united states <laughs> strangely enough but anyway so yeah i mean just uh, right now it's i'm just i'm absorbing anything and everything i can get my hands on nice well, there's so much coming out now, just so yeah. many genres and genres merging into one another. It's pretty crazy. It's a great time to be a metal fan for sure. Oh, 
Yeah, absolutely. And with like, you know, all the resources that there are out there now, Bandcamp and, you know, all the different various streaming platforms, it's just, it's awesome. I mean, I, I think about that a lot, you know, about how, you know, back in the day when we went, you know, what, what you had to search through magazines uh-huh. or you had to listen to a compilation CD or, you know, it was mixtape. Mixed yeah. Tapes. Yeah. Mixtape. Yeah. Or, or word of mouth or whatever it was, you know, I mean, and that's, so when you found something that, that was truly awesome, you know, you were, it was like this treasure, you know, uh-huh. what, what was, what were the, what were the big record stores in Ann Arbor? I was just going to say, what are your favorite ones? Cause record town in Briarwood was where I got like master oh, of puppets God. and a lot of that stuff. Yes. Um, yes. That was probably my main one. Uh, there yep. was the, was it discount records? It was on the corner of state. Um, yep. That's, that's where I got my brain and blood. I remember okay. that. And, and Exodus pleasures yep. of the flesh. Cause I'd like go to a movie at the state theater across the street and then yeah. And yeah. Then go over and buy some music. Are those um, places still around, George? Uh, no, neither of those no, places are still around. Um, no. Wazoo Jesus. Records is still around, though, isn't it? I think so. I don't know. I don't go downtown that much anymore. I so. thought it was, and that Wazoo was wasn't a. It was it was more like what you would find now. It was like a used record store upstairs, yeah. you know, yeah. run by a hippie. And, uh, <laughs> it was mostly records and, and I don't know, maybe some CDs and tapes, but, um, that's where I, I got my candle mass nightfall on vinyl in 1986 from there, you know, um, yeah. stairway to heaven, stairway to heaven, Stair, stairway to heaven was like, kind of like down the block. Okay. Yeah. And it was like, it, it, it was, you know, kind of sort of like competition, you know, but it was cool for us because you could walk down there and you could, you know, you only had to walk like a couple of blocks, you know, to get to another. And Dave's Comics trip. was down there too. And Pinball Pete's. Yeah. Pinball yeah. Pete's. Yeah. Yeah. Do the circuit, man. Yeah. <laughs> and Tower, I guess, probably was the other one I liked. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, well, Tower, yeah. Tower didn't right. come until later though. Yeah. Yeah. It was more a West Coast thing, and they started spreading like wildfire at some point. I was going to ask you when you guys got your first tower, because they're they're Northern California is where they started. Uh-huh. But I was going to say, Josh, you know, I actually miss hunting for music the old way yeah. we used to, because I'm older than you and George. Uh-huh. And while I agree it's great, the resources we have today, I think it's kind of a curse though too, because Absolutely. I don't have the same identity with bands like I did when I was a kid. Now, of course, when your your kids, you're impressionable. So that's, that lasts with you. But I remember, I don't know if you guys were like this, but I remember for every like Zeppelin album I had, I knew every song on the album. I knew how long every song was. <laughs> I knew where every break was, every soul. I mean, I knew everything. Yeah, I, I wasn't so good with lyrics. I've never been good remembering lyrics that much, but now. But you also knew their titles. I mean, that yes, was you know every like, song. Yeah, yeah I don't. Order. I don't know so any song titles anymore. Me either. Like and track three is awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, there's yeah. just so much more coming out. I think. Well, that. yeah, and I, I think I miss. See, I know George likes to poke fun of me sometimes. I still buy CDs. I buy CDs and vinyl. But that's because I like having hard copy, and I feel like with hard copy disappearing, it's just not the same anymore. And yeah. I'm not a big fan of streaming because I'm always afraid that streamers at some point will decide what we can and can't listen to. It's already sort of getting that way with like television streaming. Netflix, eh, we'll give you these for a month that we're taking them away. It's like, what the yeah. fuck? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, oh, so. Absolutely. 
I, I definitely, I definitely miss hunting through magazines and and hanging out with friends. But of course, we're adults; you can't do that like we used to when we were kids. Well, but there, it, but you hit on something. Like, we talk about this stuff actually kind of a lot, which is good though, because I, I I like talking about. It. And there was another thing though about that too. Like first of all, like you really are right, Josh. Like when you found something that was a gem, you know what I mean? Like you were like, holy fuck! And but the other thing was that just everything was so much more slow going. Like a band could lose its lead singer and you wouldn't know for, you could easily wait until you get the next record to find that out. Oh yeah, for sure. Because information was so slow and you were relying on just a few magazines or whatever it was, or ACDC could be playing at the Joe Louis arena. And if you lived in the middle of the state, like I did, you wouldn't even fucking know. Cause no, there wasn't on the radio or anything like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, those were different times, man. And and everything was such a slower moving economy musically. And I actually kind of did, I do miss that personally. Jay, that happened uh, to me. Uh, the band Marillion, uh-huh. I was just a huge fan of their first four albums with Fish. I actually saw them twice with him. And then they had a new album come out. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm down. I put it out, I was like, who the fuck's singing? <laughs> this was 1989 when this happened. So it's not like, you know, CDs were out, things were moving faster at that point. I was like, who is this guy? And I had to read through the liner notes. And I just was like, you know, one of these, oh, what the fuck? You know, threw the CD down and everything. Uh-huh. I had no idea. You know, actually, I, I, it's so funny that we're having this talk, too, because I just had this memory just the other day. And it was the first record that I bought was a Kiss record in 1979. And I was only eight years old, but I bought it with my own money. And I was totally dynasty. into music already. It was yeah. Dynasty. And I was totally into music already. You know, like I had been in music for a couple of years. And I was I didn't want to buy toys. I wanted to buy records, you know. And then here, this was the memory I had, though, was that we were in Madison, Wisconsin. We lived in a small town in Wisconsin. And I don't know what we were doing there, but my sister was like, um, and it was the whole family and my sister was like, please, can I blah, blah, blah. And I didn't know what the fuck they were talking about. And the long end of the story is that we ended up, she, some of her friends had tickets to go see Kiss and they, she wanted us to drop her off at the arena and they were going to bring her home. All unbeknownst to my little eight year old head, we pull into the parking lot of the arena and I, and I still remember being like, wait a second, Kiss is in that room and we're not all going in. <laughs> I was like so mad, dude. I was just like, and I had no idea. I didn't know they were in town or anything. I was eight years old, you know what I mean? But I was a Kiss fanatic and I couldn't fucking believe. And I, I wanted to be like, she doesn't even like Kiss. Let me go. You know what I mean? Like, it's the whole fucking thing. Anyway. Nice. Yeah. yeah Kiss in the seventies. I remember learning about Kiss through, flipping trading cards because i was oh, huge into baseball cards yeah. and you'd be flipping with somebody and they'd throw down a gene simmons puking blood card and you're just like what and i was like it's i gotta so win cool. that one because i gotta go home and look at that and i'm like man what is that and I then know, I, remember, I remember those kiss cards and i remember one of my friends in the neighborhood uh his little brother went as peter chris with one of those plastic you know kiss masks for halloween and i was like what is that but you, so you kind of hit on a good point there too, though, George was like that trading card and you're like, I want to go home and look at that. And that, that was a fucking evening for me. You know what I mean? Like in oh, the seventies and the early eighties was sitting there with the magazines that I had, the, however many records I had, which would have been less than 50 as late as 1982. You know what I mean? And just paging through pictures of guys on stage and, whatever I had to look at. And it's, and it was wildly entertaining. I was fucking mm-hmm. super entertained. Uh-huh. Well, and, the, and, you know, I realized that 
people are going to be like, oh, it's just a bunch of old guys renumerating renum about, you know, like whatever. But he, here's the thing. It, it, there, it's, I don't know. I was talking to one of my friends that's an artist and about this, about this very topic. And it, it, it has something to do with the expenditure of time. You know, I, I, I don't want to launch into some like weird, like philosophical thing, but it, it, I was talking to George actually not that long ago about collecting vinyl again. Uh -huh. And the, and the reason that I like to do it is because, I mean, for many, many, many reasons, but one of the main reasons is, is that I have to really genuinely want that thing because it's big. It uh -huh. takes up space, you know, and, and when you, when you're downloading digital stuff, it's like, mm, what another one, you know, you just, <laughs> you just download it. Yeah. You don't care. You don't think about it that much. And you're just like, what I listened to it for 10 seconds. It sounds great. Download it, you know? And it's like, before you know it, my, my various different streaming things have 9 million songs. In them, and how many of them do you really listen to it with any regular, you know, with any frequency? 53. Right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. That is right. a really it's, great it's point. 80 it's the 80, 20 principle, right? 80% of the things that you have, you don't use. Yeah. And so it, yeah. it's just, it, I mean, there, there is something to the, I don't know. Anyway, I don't want to launch into some big weird thing. So I mean, especially for us, because we get tons of comp albums and everything. Yeah. And I'm always downloading things. And I was actually thinking about this the other day because I just have just hard drives filled <laughs> with albums that I am probably never going to listen to. Do I right. save it? Do I go through it and just purge stuff? No, I don't know. But, but that's Ex why I buy vinyl too. Cause I like the sound of it. I like having something tangible. I like looking at the artwork, but I also like getting my favorite ones and just pulling it out. And like, mm -hmm. this is what I want to listen to my precious the one time. Yeah. Yeah. You know? well, but, yeah. But, and you have to, you have to, you have to set aside a certain period of time to sit there and listen to it. Right. Yeah. You, it's the, the act of taking it out, you know, taking care of your equipment, first of all, mm -hmm. and then, you know, you, you sit down and listen to it. You, it's not. And I think a lot of times, you know, you, if, if it's, if there's not that kind of, I don't know if you want to say ritual or whatnot, then you don't, all you do is you just turn it on and it's background noise. Yeah. Well, that's what I like. It's the interaction with it, you know, because right. yeah. especially my record, but there's no automated process of my record player at all. I have to do everything manually. Right. Right. So right. I like that part of it, you know, yeah. um, clean it, you know, put it on, get up, you know, I listen to records from start to finish. I never yeah. just listen to one song. Yeah. Well, like, so yeah. yeah, I love that part of it. That's what digital's for. To right. listen to one yeah. song. I <laughs> am the heavy metal digital museum archive. I am the I'm the <laughs> Library of Congress for heavy metal music. I collect all the digital stuff of everything ever. Don't care if I never listen to it. If I can get my hands on it, I've got it. It's yeah. there for the future. I'm doing it for the children. Yeah. <laughs> no. I was gonna say you hit on something a second, Josh. And I think the reason why people our age old dudes like us like to talk about those days is because we had hair. Well, yeah, that, <laughs> but, um, and Marcus on, you can add to this after this cause you're uh, X number of years behind. It's not that far, but far enough. And, and I think you'll know what I mean when I say this. So when we first started listening to music, it was FM and it was vinyl and tape started reel to reel was just finally dying and eight track for some reason was still in that one dude's trans am but <laughs> we didn't have cable we didn't mm -hmm. have cordless phones we didn't have computers yeah. video games 
were basically dot matrix games at an arcade or a pizza place. And so yeah. we kind of were that we were that bridge between the old ways of doing things entertainment wise. And we got to see everything start. I remember my first, you know, first time on a TSR 80, if anyone remembers what a TSR 80 is. Yeah. You yeah. You know, and <laughs> so I think it's, I think that's why probably people our age reminisce so much about that time is because, you know, the first Betamax. We got to see so age. much of everything. Everything happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it went, we went from like basically horse and buggy to space shuttles almost. <laughs> and I'm, I'm using an extreme case there, obviously. I might've seen a horse. Unless you're in Pennsylvania, then that's very real. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah, 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 Mr. Lap. Um, But it's just, I think that's what it is. I think we, we saw so much change happen because kids today, they, they laugh at us and make fun of us and call us boomers. It's like, dude, at least get your generation right. If you're going to make fun of us, you know, that's the generation before us. Thank you very much. Yeah, exactly. But they don't know what it's like to see the whole process of, I mean, I still remember my dad putting reel to reel on and listening to Johnny Mathis. I was like, oh, God, not again. But I was still captivated by watching him go through the process of putting it up on the reel and streaming it through. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how so we I got just, I don't know how we got it. But back in the days before, like even uh, the beta, um, my dad had a reel to reel audio recording of Star Wars. Oh, wow. This was wow. at this time. All you could get was whatever was on TV or what was in the movie theater. If, it, right. if you missed it in the theater, you were fucked until it came to TV, the edited for TV version. Unless you lived in New York and you could buy it on the street corner. Yeah. Mm. Oh, God. <laughs> but uh, that was it. I, yeah. I used to sit and listen to, the, you know, A New Hope on reel to reel over and over again, which is why I know like every little noise in that movie, you know, docking bay, 94, 94, you know, yeah. I, I, everything. Cause I've just listened to that so many times. Cause it was the only thing I'd get my hands on. So, you know, this is fun to talk about. The thing, the first home movie experience that I remember was my dad used to go to the University of Wisconsin. And this was a, would have been when I was like three or four. And he would check out one of those old projectors that you used to watch things on in school. Oh, yeah. And we would yeah. watch, and we watched like Charlie Chaplin movies and Marx Brothers movies, wow. and mostly silent films, but they had music on them. And sometimes we used, used to go out and set it up in the front yard, and some of the neighbors come over and just wander by and be like, hanging from the tree. Yeah, and yeah. then people yeah. walk by and be like, what are you guys watching movies? That's awesome. But I saw like every Charlie Chaplin movie that way. Remember Jay, those? I actually missed that sound. Sorry, George. Yeah. No, yeah, that sound. I miss yeah. it so much. You remember yeah. like the, the old uh, AV in the in school, and they're playing you the, you know, you put the lights out and turn this thing on. and. If oh, the yeah. if the bear doesn't catch any salmon, it's going to be a lean winter. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and actually, the very I have to say too, just to throw this in, the very first time I ever saw Kiss move to the best of my memory was on some a friend's of a friend's mom had seen them and taken a Super Eight film, and we watched mm. the Super Eight terrible footage from like the fucking nosebleeds but yeah and no sound just and i was like and i was like which one is that you know what i mean like i wanted so bad to see what they look like when they move well i remember in high school i was a projectionist in a movie theater so i got to hear that sound john over and over but that would have been such a cool job to have though marcus it was a really cool job yeah 
because I had to put together the movie. You had to splice together mm-hmm. uh, the film and then I would run it through at night and I would have friends come over and we'd, you know, preview it to make sure everything was, was good. Cause sometimes it was tricky. People would put it on wrong. They put like the soundtrack on the wrong side or something like that. Oops. All right. Um, so big you know, those little dots side. up in the corner for the changing <laughs> yeah. of the reel. Yeah. They How had like times? a shoe polish so you could mark the, the spots. Yeah. It was really crazy. How many I think times did you it. get booed? Be honest. I when didn't. Were... I had one movie shut down, like the projection equipment just stopped yeah, because it is. You, you had to thread it and you had to have enough um, leeway <laughs> in it, like uh, so it would go through smoothly. And yeah. if you did it too tight, sometimes the 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 it would just tighten up and just mess up the film. And then there was these giant platters. There was these three giant platters that you had the film on, and they would spool from one. They'd go into the projector into another platter. So sometimes if the platters weren't even, they weren't perfectly straight, the entire film on the platter could just come off. Remember how people would turn into savages? They start, boo! They start screaming and throwing stuff at the screen. You know, I have for you children of the 70s, for those of you who haven't seen it yet, if you haven't seen Licorice Pizza, it is it captures the 70s so fucking good, man. The two I gotta see that. The movie. Uh, so this is the guy who did Boogie Nights and all that. Yeah, uh, I love oh. that movie. Which also does a good job with the 70s. Mm-hmm. This one is like a 70s ex- extravaganza, man. And it's takes place in the 70s and they don't really acknowledge that except that in the background is the oil embargo and the way people did things and everything. It's just, it's totally yeah. worth your time. Welcome yeah. to the old fuckers <laughs> podcast. <laughs> well, yeah, we, we, I, we, I think we appreciate things more because of that. Not saying well, people think, don't, but I think we have a different appreciation, I should say. <laughs> there's, yeah. and, and there's, there's actually something to it too, because you know, they, they, there's been studies where if you record something with your phone, you lose 80% of that memory in almost instantly mm-hmm. because you, you, you take a picture, you take a video, whatever it is that you do. And then your, your, your brain goes, that's recorded somewhere else. I don't need to remember that. Wow. You know? So it, it, when I, when I couple a few years back, I got the chance to go to, to France and Germany, a bunch of places in Europe. And I intentionally did not take any pictures or any, I, I took a few but I didn't, I didn't walk around with my phone out all day because I wanted to remember as, uh, as much of it as I could while I was there. Uh-huh. You know? And it just, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think, I mean, I don't know. Anyway, I'm going to launch. Into I mean, I rarely take pictures now awesome. at, at shows. Yeah. You I'll know, take like some like with friends or something and take pictures of you guys together. That'd be fun. But, um, you yeah. know, it's really spend time taking pictures of bands. I just want to experience the band playing live. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. I'll take like a token picture of each band once just to like post yeah. on the site and be like, eh, hey, you know, we're going to see so-and-so. But yeah, I like yeah. to get a couple just for myself so I can go back and look at them. But I, I, yeah, these people that, that are taking them the whole show, it's just like, oh man, I'm going to take that phone and shove it right up your ass in a second. <laughs> Fuck. I watched the whole show through your phone. Yeah, right, yeah exactly. And that's the thing, it's like, dude, you're right here. Yeah. Instead of watching it through your phone, how about you actually just watch it? You know and the thing mean? of it is too, is there's professional photographers there. So if you really wanted to see some really good shots that aren't on your <laughs> shitty phone, you can just go on the internet the next day and find some really good shots. Yeah. Or or watch the whole fucking show on YouTube. Somebody's gonna put it up, you know. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, the, that's the other part. But well, I think these are all relevant things to mention, though, because because that I, I say again, the scarcity thing. 
I miss that. I miss, I miss, I miss it. And I sense don't. Of discovery. I felt like there was just yeah. a sense of discovery and innovation back then because you, you didn't have everything at your fingertips. So yeah, whether right. it was a record or comic books or, or something, if you went out to a place, a store, a, a convention, a show, you, you might find something new. And nowadays you'd know about it likely like six months in advance before it even yeah. comes out. Oh, yeah. cause you have three tracks that then dropped one each month for the past three months. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And you, and they have to do that because they have to promote cause there's so much music coming out. Yeah, that's right. true. Yeah. But um, yeah. you know, you lose something about that I, with comic books. Uh, I do do that sometimes. Like I've been collecting um, Conan comics when I was a kid, I always got these Conan comics, but I never had the whole run. Uh-huh. So I only buy them at conventions. Like I won't buy them online or if I go to a shop at a different store, like if I go to Baltimore or something like that and I go to a comic shop, I check it out. Maybe they'll have an issue. And so I slowly build it up and I, it rekindles that, that sense of discovery that I love when I was a, when I was yeah, a child. I do the same thing with the Conan comics. Yeah. I've got a, I've got a bunch of them, but uh, I've still got a ways to go yet. You know, I think one of the other things, though, too, that comes into this with the scarcity thing, and I'm all, you know, I think we would all agree that the way the record companies ran things back in the day when they when they ran things wasn't optimal. But we, the whole of the internet has subtracted editors from our lives, and I'm I'm a firm believer that we need editors. Yeah, and you know, somebody to to turn the stream down a little bit, or to keep the truth in a little bit, or whatever the fuck it is. But now everybody has this open pipe to your eyeballs and ears. And that I find a little overwhelming with, with music, yeah. you know, that there's that band camp has so much stuff that really doesn't need to be out there for all of us to hear. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. I miss- uh, it, I, that's, that's something that, that would be interesting to talk about later too, is um, band camp getting bought. Right. But, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, for sure. I hope I hope it doesn't change. Yeah. Yeah. I miss going to the Tower Records and just going literally through I don't know if you ever had to go there with me, Josh, but um I would spend like two hours just like literally yeah. looking through every single thing to see if I missed anything. And yeah, you know, and that's yeah. how I came across some bands like Sentenced. You know. Oh I, yeah. I remember when I bought the my first sentenced album and I came oh. home and I and I called you and I was like, dude sentenced <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh yeah my, my very first amount of marth album i bought there yeah 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 yeah, yeah. It, it, that was that that was the very first uh record store around here at any rate that had like a dedicated metal section that was you know like serious metal section you know rock of oh, ages yeah yeah, yeah, yeah oh dude Oh, I, I brought up Rock of Ages at work the other day, and both the guys that I work with were like, oh, my God, Rock of Ages, man, because it was like a pilgrimage, right? Yeah, it was, like, it, was, it was like a good 45-hour drive or whatever from where we were, which <laughs> back then that was like a big deal. Now I do that every day. But, um, right. Right. but it's just to get to 270. Yeah, but uh, that was like, you know, you save up all your fucking money and go to Rock of Ages because they had a real metal section. Yeah. I mean, it was mostly metal. Was metal. Yeah, yeah, the whole place was metal. Uh, dude, I remember, we, we would go there with an entire list of things written down on a piece of paper. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you look for this and this and this and this and this, you know, and, and like you said, you'd come out of there broke. Yeah, you know, that's where I'd get like, you know, you couldn't find like the early Manowar albums. You get it there. 
or uh, uh, the running wild stuff from the like <laughs> late 80s, early 90s. You know, and it'd be like $30 for a CD. Uh, yeah. Blind Guardian, that's where I first, you know, like their first couple albums when those came out, nobody knew who they were. I got those there for like 30 bucks a pop. Yeah, uh, Gamma Ray. I, I can remember clear as day. We went, we were there one time and you were picking up Gamma Ray. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what's that? And you were like, oh, it's Halloween. It's the guy from Halloween. And I was like, what? Like, <laughs> what? You know, and it was, it was crazy, man. Crazy. Yeah. I, Rock of Ages is still there. It is. There. Oh, yeah. man. I got to yeah. go there sometime. Yeah. You guys mentioned Tower. Um, that was the first, like, nationwide coast to coast chain that actually had a metal section. Yeah. Uh, because most places didn't. They have a little bit, but like every tower I ever went into was huge. Yeah. Of course, towers were big to begin with, as yeah. it was. Well, you know, they were the home depots of, of music for a while. <laughs> well, even Record Town had that little import metal section and all the way to the back into the left. It was like literally like one bin. Yeah. And that's where I got yeah. Voivod uh, and and my mm-hmm. first Running Wild album. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, I love that tower, man. I, I remember getting uh, Nile, like Incantation Records there. And oh, I was shocked. So much stuff. shit. So yeah, that's all those are gone now. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just take another moment here. It's a plug, the documentary about Record Sour. If you've never seen it, it's totally worth watching. Oh, yeah. I've been minded to see that. I forget what it's called, but it's. Um, so it's totally worthwhile because the, the people who owned it and put it together and ran it were just as cool as you would hope they were. <laughs> they were like cool. <laughs> hey, Jay, do you ever drive by the one up in Sacramento, the original one? Uh, I don't go to Sacramento, in all honesty, for not any insulting reason. But that one is still open, correct? I think that's the only place if there is anything open. I thought there was one more somewhere else. but Maybe it's like California. I've been by a, a number of times. Just it's just cool to see the the actual building. Yeah, and the, well, it the, is the heart, and that's at the center of that documentary because yeah. you know it's there. Uh, you know, if, if uh, next time I'm up there, I will. I'll I'll drive by it for sure. And I love Tower too, and I also love listening stations at Tower. Those were great, oh, yeah. you know, and yeah. they chose they chose the things you listen to. But I found some stuff that way, you know. And I'd be like checking stuff out. There are a few um, things, yeah. I mean, yeah, a few things, you know. The one place where you could actually listen to something like, well, my friends don't know I'm listening to this right now. Well, I will say this. Tower was around long enough that two records I heard for the first time at Tower on a listening station were um, Monster Magnet. Um, that was one of their later records. But then um, uh, Remission, I heard for the first time. Mm. Oh, wow. Nice. Um, the first, and and um, I had... Some guy at an Opeth show was like, you need to check out this band, Mastodon. And, <laughs> yeah. Those headphone stations, though, the sound was balls, and sometimes oh, it was horrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. where yeah. I first heard Gavin DeGraw. You got an idea. Yeah, you got an idea. Yeah, yeah. Which I, did. I, I bought that record. I was like, this is fucking great, man. So that was my introduction to Mastodon, you know. I certainly missed the uh, the Tower magazine with the Desert Island disc section in the back. I used to yeah. comb through that every time it came out. I was like, man, this guy's list sucks. Oh, yeah. But still, <laughs> I still read them, though, you know, because <laughs> that's what they liked. You know, right. everyone has their own preference. Now we have Decibel for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, I'm sorry. I have to I have to bring it up every time we mention that. I, I laugh every time how we we're like, this list sucks. And by the end of the year, we're like, yeah, actually wasn't that bad. It's a pretty good list. list. It's a pretty good list. We do it every year. (laughs) Well, we should probably move into this 
uh, Millennium before Matt shows up and starts glazing why over. Why can't we keep going with the Matt's geriatric come in, Like even Marcus will have a great beard at that point. <laughs> my beard. I, mean, I thought I had a good beard. No, Josh great. You'll be all great and everything. Double. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, Josh, what are some of your favorite albums from last year? I mean, last year? Yeah. Tough question. I, the, the problem is, is that I go through stuff so slowly and I, and I, you're I not to, into it obsessively like we are. You don't have a I list? Mean, I mean, I am, but it takes me a long time to absorb an album. You know what I mean? So um, let me try and think here. Last year, uh, it was probably some Wolfheart. Uh-huh. Um, oh, I really, last year, the, the past couple of years have been such a blur too. Well, then just, you know, whatever pops into your head doesn't have to be last year, just, you know, recent times. What, what, yeah, whatever, like, the past couple of years has just been kind of condensed into, like, nothingness, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, w- wilderness uh, with two Vs. Yep, yep. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, well... I don't think any Thross and Black came out last year, did it? No. That, that one one little EP yeah. that we put out in, yeah. in the pandemic. I don't know if that was last year or the year before. Um, Unleash the Archers. Uh-huh. I love Unleash the Archers. Especially the last record. Some Blazing Stone. Oh, wow. Running um, Wild Worship. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, they, they kind of borderline, like, almost start to cross that Hey, are they just kind of ripping running wild off or, you know, um, but no, I think they, I think it's more of an homage than a rip off, but yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, bloody hammers. Oh yeah. Um, that was a good one. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I'm trying to remember, did gate, did the, did that newest gate creeper come out? last year yeah i think there was one last year wasn't it? yeah 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 was it the year before no, well there was, was an ep year. and then the ep came out last year and then there was an album before that okay hey, just um while you're thinking and because you said thoughts and blood i just needed george i put a, a tweet or tweet a, a text in the text thing and i really want you to share that with joel i heard the story in npr the other day about this couple in maine that has spent the last 20 years collecting lost sea shanties and doing like researching until they could find the melodies to lyrics that they were missing and stuff. And I know Joel would love this dude. Josh and I were just talking about a similar thing before we started recording. When I went to see Joel up in Canada there in 2018, he asked, he gave me a copy. He, He ripped a digital copy of this, uh, burned CD wasn't there's nothing written on it so he didn't know what it was and he's like this was in the woods of Ypres touring van and I want to know what it is because it's a pretty cool band can you figure it out because you're you know you're the podfather and uh, <laughs> and I was like let me see what I can do and this was four years ago and I tried every trick in my book and I could not figure out who this band was and so I posted a clip of one of the songs up on this it's called what Zat song and because the beginning had a uh, a movie clip from that uh, There Will Be Blood with uh, with what's his name uh, Daniel Day Lewis Daniel Day Lewis yeah. like ranting something and I was I, I thought I thought that might you know stir somebody's <laughs> drink your milkshake I drink it up yeah no he's like something know. about you're a false prophet 
Oh yeah, that's a fucked up scene. Um, but in any case, but please continue. So uh, I posted this and promptly forgot about it. Four years later, last week, I get an email and it says somebody has responded to your post. I was like, oh, yeah, and fuck if they didn't tell me exactly the band and the album that who this was. And it was a band called Exit Strategy from Calgary. Okay, so feeling all proud of myself, I'm like, better late than never, Joel. This is the band and the album. They're from Calgary. And he was like, holy shit. Oh, I was kind of hoping he would have been, oh, yeah, I found out like three years ago. No, but. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. No, but he. Oh, wait a second. I was in that band. So, uh, well, so the thing is that exit strategy was fronted by the current front woman of Mares of Thrace. Okay. And, and Joel was like, oh, Okay, that makes sense because David Gold was kind of dating this this girl from Calgary, and she was in that band, Mares of Thrace. And so we were like, "Holy shit!" You know, this was in the Woods of Ypres van because David Gold was dating the singer of the band. Well, and, and Ray was Ray was the drummer for Mares of Thrace for a little while, right? But that was after David had already died. Oh, okay. it was like twenty thirteen or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, well, just to kind of make sure I drive my point home, though, please share that with him because this was just a short but very interesting story about this couple in Maine, Maine, who has a folk band yep. and does just sea shanties and just released a book of like a hundred lost sea shanties with stories behind it and everything. Wow. It's so far up Joe's alley, it's ridiculous. Joel's alley, and and it's really lost stuff. So I think it's gonna be a lot of stuff he doesn't know. So anyway. sweet, yeah, I'll send it Dude. to him. Didn't Mares of Thrace just release an album too? They, they did. They did like in the last couple of weeks, mm. month. They're, yeah. They're, they're still just a two piece, right? It's just a. I, when I looked them up, they were, the, yeah. You know, the singer, and they were both the in that band and that exit strategy band. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. So did you, did you uh, Shazam at all? Did you play it and like try to Shazam? Off I, your I phone? did try it and it was like, it didn't work. The fuck? You know, yeah. it was, too, it was <laughs> too spinning, but it's on Bandcamp. <laughs> if you want to look it up, it's, uh, it's uh, the band is called Exit Strategy, and the album is the apost. Come on, it's not the, the Apostates Creed. The song in question was Anti Theist. So, wow. um, yeah, and it's actually a pretty good album. <laughs> so, I was thinking about picking it up. Um, anyway. All right, green, so green lung. green lung. Have you? Have, has anybody listened? To that? Yeah, that's like yeah. doom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, kind of stonery. Yeah, Stoner. Yeah, yeah, black Black Harvest came out in twenty twenty one. I really, really dug that album a lot. Mm-hmm. But anyway, continue. Cool. Um, so, are there any albums you're looking forward to this year that you know are coming out? Uh, not that I can think of right off the top of my head. Um, who was it that who who was it that we were just talking about earlier that that before that we said there was a new album coming out? Oh, I can't remember. Uh, yeah, we're old and shit. Yeah, it happened. Like, it happened like a whole like hour ago. It was like not even so. So um, well, when I'm editing, I'll figure it out and I'll be like, yeah, yeah that one. Well, it's just. I mean. That's that's another consequence of just the sheer volume of stuff that comes out, right? Yeah. I mean, there's just so much, you know, so it's hard to stay on top. I mean, I'm pretty much excited for anything and everything from 
you know, I mean, creator. Yeah. I mean, the, the, their new one's coming out pretty soon, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. June, I think. Yeah, soon-ish. That's, that's the, but that comes along the lines of what you, got, you yeah. were just saying, George, was that, that those advanced tracks have come out so far before the record. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's fucking finished. I mean, what the hell? But in any case... Yeah. Um, I have thought both of those lead tracks were pretty good. The one they just put out was better than the first one. I thought. I thought it was the other way around. Did you? Okay, fair yeah. enough. Um, I like. I kind of like the video for it too. Yeah. We'll, we'll come back um, to that one. <laughs> that's cool. that's the, the creators. One of those bands that I'm just. They just. It's amazing that they're still just putting out such high quality stuff. You know them. Overkill. Like there's so many bands that have been around for so long that still put out solid stuff. It's so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sugar just put out an album. Pretty good too. Yeah. They're kind of like Tool, don't they? Put one out one that reason. I've always been anti Sugar. No, they're they're a lot more active than Tool is. Yeah. Yeah. I just think they haven't done anything in, in a while though, I think. But they were putting out an album every couple of years there for a while. All right. Uh, sorry. Where am I? All right. I told you this question ahead of time. Hopefully you thought about it. What are three albums that would help people better understand you as a person? Oh. Yeah, I did think about it a little bit. Uh, let's see. They would have to be better understand me as a person. Hmm. It's kind of a, interesting question it would have to be man i mean it would have to be at least one of them would have to be a man of war when you said man i was going to go a war because yeah, <laughs> yeah it's got to be i mean it's just you know i know you know man war is what they are but you know it's just they're just such a it would have to be a man war album a fate's warning album and a and an omen album wow i don't know if i could pick exactly which albums right at right at this moment but probably the curse uh-huh uh awaken the guardian of course and uh man a war yeah King of Metal. <laughs> kings of metal. which King, one kings of metal Kings of Metal. All right, it's fair. Yeah, I probably would have gone Fighting the World because that was yeah, that was my that was my first one, and yeah. and you know, and that had Black One Fire and Steel and it blew my mind. George, not Josh. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> remind me again, who told you about Man of War? That would be George. Yes, for sure. <laughs> yeah. But but my but my first album was Kings of Metal. Yeah. So. Um. But it and it, it just. I mean, those three albums were just so formative of. I mean, you know, not only my teenage years, but of my metal experience. And I mean, and those those types of old school albums are still where my you know my truest of true metal loves lie. You know, sure. I mean, I love all metal, but those are the ones that you know. It's that whole period of time. You know, classic Omen. You know the. the well, very like we're saying, those are the ones you probably remember all the song titles and you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Remember yeah. the lyrics and, and all yep. that. And nowadays it's, it's a lot harder. Yep. Yep. For sure. Just because it's just sheer volume, if nothing else, you know I mean? Cause mm-hmm. there's just so much stuff that comes out. My brain is full. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's why I keep a running list because you know, we do the the top twenty five or top forty, depending. Oh, and yeah. just have to keep a running list of all that stuff because I'll never. I don't know if I can go back through and sift through everything else again. I just go through my music drive and sort it by date. And I just mm-hmm. go backwards down to January and see what, you know, I mean, obviously sometimes there's stuff that's old in there, but at least I know everything that I've had throughout mm-hmm. the year and I can consider it, but I yeah, am this year trying, I am this year trying to keep a running list. I do have something going. Yeah. I just, I just use music B and it has a massive tag function and I can create virtual tags and there's blank tags. You can create whatever you want. And I just actually put the dates in on the tags. And then I just actually cr- use it as a column in my, you know, how I have all my music sorted. So I can sort by date on, within it. So I don't have to do anything after that. So that for that specific reason, because it gets towards the end of the month and I'm like, so what <laughs> albums qualify this month? <laughs> you know, and I have to go and I, I, I have to highlight the days when they were released. So I remember what, what actually qualifies because there's nothing worse than saying, I'm going to go with this one that came out in January. Fuck. June. <laughs> you just Will said massive tag. And that made me remember that Will's not here. <laughs> Hi, Will. I, 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 I would have to try and maybe squeeze Thross and Blatt Metacophonia in there somehow. Oh, yeah. Because that one's like probably amongst my top 10 of all time for sure. Absolutely. So. And for me, Winds of Ypres as well. Yeah. Does anybody else have any questions for Josh? I got one quick one. Is there anything you would like to tell us about George that George <laughs> would not like you to tell us? Oh, man. Uh, now, that's within reason, of course. But there, you can say whatever George. you want, and you can embarrass me if you want. Uh, There's this I was one time to... at band camp. <laughs> <laughs> I was, there, was, there was a story that I was going to relate. Um, I don't know, it, it, there's not a great segue to it, but. I was talking with some of my coworkers come to find out they're one of the guys is into all the same metal into death metal, all sorts of crazy stuff. We kind of got going about stuff. And do you remember when we went and saw typo negative at the Capitol theater? Oh, that was the greatest. Okay. So in the lobby of the theater. Yes. Yes. So we go, we're going to go see typo negative life of agony one of the opening bands was uh, the Hell's Elves. Is that what it was? I, I was? I've been trying to remember who they were. The Hell's Elves, and then um, another band that I can't remember the name of right off the top I of my head. Like Blind so, Something. Yeah, Blind Addiction. That's Blind what Addiction. It was. Oh, Blind nice. Addiction. Yep, yep, yep. And so it wasn't in the theater, mm-hmm. it was in the lobby. Yep. Like we get there and we're like, okay, like let's, we're going to go into the theater now, right? Nope. Nope. Like in the <laughs> lobby of the theater. And, and it's and, like a movie theater lobby. There's like a, you know, concession yeah. stand set up behind them. Yes. <laughs> yes. And the stage, the stage was about two feet tall. Yeah. And so, I mean, one of the cool things was that, you know, we were like just standing right next to Peter and, you know, a typo negative and life of agony and all that, which was very cool. And, and the reason that I was talking to my coworkers about it is because it was April 2nd when we saw that. April oh, 2nd. man. And on the way home, okay, so George is, okay, he used to not be a particularly big fan of driving, okay? He used to hate driving. And it was snowing. 
And what, what, what possessed him to offer to drive us up to Flint, Michigan, which is good for water though. Good place for water. Yeah. Oh yeah. A great place for water. <laughs> and bullets. Possessed him to offer to drive is beyond me. So then, you know, it's April 2nd, right? On our way home, we get hit by a blizzard. It is a white out blizzard. Mm-hmm. And George is white knuckled. He is like, he won't even talk. I keep trying to talk to him. No response at all. It was like, driving. It, it was like the, uh, like the warp speed in star yeah. Wars. When the Falcon goes to warp yes. speed, that's what the snow yeah. looked like coming at me. Yeah. Oh, it was, a, it was a, it was a white out blizzard at night. And George, and George was just his hands. I mean, he had to have like had to pry his hands off of that steering wheel when he got, when we got done, mm-hmm. but yeah, I don't know. I don't know why. Of all the times that you wanted to drive all the way up there, but yeah, we typo we, man. We <laughs> it's like yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm killing myself, and I'm taking you with me. <laughs> I mean, that was the bloody kisses tour, you know. That was, so, yeah, yeah. That was yeah, when, yeah. Uh, when Pete was like, yeah, wrote four notes and made a million dollars. Next time, I'm gonna write eight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, he, but I remember he he started he he was like between songs he was like. How many of you fuckers came and saw us? At, you know when they played at Harpo's or something, and some people were like, "Yeah," and he was like, oh, "I thought you would have learned your lesson." Yeah, <laughs> what the hell? And then remember, halfway through the concert, uh, the guy, couple of the guys from Life of Agony came out and started just like, just like jumping off the stage and just being complete, like completely crazy. Uh-huh. It was a very strange, very strange thing. We saw so, Life of Agony again. Yeah. And we met Joey. Yeah, yep. The K, it was KMFDM at, at the State Theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh he wow! Came, he came How was that? Vontom was at that one. Yeah, yeah. He came over and talked to us at our table. Yeah. I've even I've got the signed. How did I get it signed? Because he came over. But why I would I, I? I why would I have brought it? I don't know. Oh, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't but. Know. I'm pretty sure my my river runs red is signed by Joey Z. Sure, they were selling it at the merch booth. No, no, I mean he did it, but he, he came. We were sit we were sitting at the table. I think KMFDM was up there. I was wearing uh, Life of Agony had put out like a hockey jersey, and I was wearing it. And I was sitting there watching the show, and somebody like claps me on the back, mm-hmm. and I turn around, and it's Joey Z. Yeah, and he was like, "Hey, man, I just wanted. I saw you guys wearing our shirts." I just wanted to come over and say thanks for supporting the band. Like I, it was crazy. It was, I don't know what possessed him to do that, but it was awesome. Yeah. It was totally awesome. nice. Yeah. So Josh, Josh, I'm going to add to your memories here, but because I've done a little research while we've oh. been talking, cause I wanted to find out who the opener for your ACDC show was. Oh, really? Really? Okay. But, but it's, it, it might have, this might have to do with the faultiness of memory. And it is that when they played, and Detroit for uh, those about to rock. It was Kobo Arena, and then it was oh, flick, of, yep. flick of the switch for Joe Lewis. So, which one do you think it was? It was you, you it have was two for, very for, different openers. Yeah, it was it was Kobo. So it was, okay. it was for those about to rock for sure. Okay, well, it was Midnight Flyer, which is very forgettable. So I don't know who the fuck even Mid- Midnight Flyer is, but that was just your opening band. Now, the following year, and I'm just going to say this because I think John will appreciate this, and George. Um, was the flick of the switch tour, which was at Joe Lewis, opened by Fastway. Nice. Oh, nice. That would have been, cool been 83 for sure. 
Yeah. Yeah. But uh the uh yeah, Midnight Flyer. Whew, no idea. Is that Never heard of it. anybody? Yeah. Okay. No, 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 no. Yeah, I got nothing. I like yeah, the name though. Yeah, it was it was it was for, for those who bought to rock because they had the cannons. Mm-hmm. That was my first cassette. Uh, you know, was that album. Uh, I still think that's probably their hardest record too in my mind. I think it's the yeah. heaviest A C D C record. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. More than Power Age? Uh, I think it's hard. I think it's a heavier sounding record. It, I think it's produced super loud. It's got their heaviest songs like Inject the Oh, Power. well, yeah, those, those two albums. Back C-O-D. in Black, and that one definitely. Well, Highway to Hell also sounds a lot different than the other stuff, too. Those three, the production value definitely was different. Well, those, no are, the, those are all the Mutt Lang ones, too. Yeah, I, no I, doubt. They sound bigger. Yeah. Did he do, did he do Flick of the Switch, too? I think he did. Which doesn't sound as big as those ones, but which is actually a pretty good record. That's kind of a lost ACDC record. I think that record. I think so because doesn't get the love it should. I get. mean, well, the next two albums. I mean, it's like how do you how do you follow up Back in Black? Yeah, 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 yeah you're right. <laughs> Whether you like it or not, you know, it's how do you follow something up like that? Where is is that a is that now in the top still in the top ten all time sellers I, worldwide? Maybe it's, it could be top five. I bet I'll, I'll look. Yeah, I mean, it, it's always. I mean, every high school kid in fucking Tennessee buys that every year. You know what I mean? <laughs> I heard a, I heard a an interesting comment. I was watching. Uh, quick, speaking of selling albums, let's just take a second. Uh, I know Jay knows this uh, channel. I, I know George has checked it out maybe before, but this channel called Sea Tranquility. This guy Pete Pardo has got this YouTube channel that's just been blowing up because they do like 400 videos a week on there. Uh, and he does one every Friday with Martin Popoff. And uh, he's a, a rock writer for many years. And anyway, they were doing their, their top 10 favorite bands of all time. And Led Zeppelin came up in the conversation and Martin made a comment. And he said, I think it was him. Maybe it was Pete. I can't remember. But if you go onto Wikipedia and look at Led Zeppelin's discography and you look at the record sales, every single album is diamond status. I'm like, what? <laughs> That's insane. I went and looked and every single record of theirs is diamond status. I don't even know diamond. Was that 10 million? Yeah. It's so. just insane. Wow, and so insane. I just thought of that because we were talking about back in <clears throat> black hair and that's a definite diamond status album. Yeah. I it's think, like, uh, double diamond. Okay. So according to the website I'm looking at, which is business insider of all things, back in black is the number four, best-selling record of all time how many uh 20 25 currently 25 million units and this Jeez. article is dated um 2021 yeah, what is so, uh what's is let's open for there because that's the one that blew my yeah. mind I, well, I saw uh, that. let's let's run down a few actually uh, i bet you probably can guess number one because it's a really weird one but but it's been number one for a long fucking time it's not a metal record uh, well, there was uh, thrillers up there. Uh, yeah. Eagles' uh, greatest hits, the first one. Yeah, it's greatest hits, and then yeah. um, so I, and then the White Album. Weirdly, uh, Zeppelin Four is number seven. That's t- two times diamond. That's twenty four times platinum. <laughs> That's yeah. Correct, correct. Which greatest hits one. was it? Eagles. Eagles' first yeah. one. Eagles' yeah, first one. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I'll just kind of throw some more out here just so you, you can hear them. There's a couple of oddballs like Garth Brooks and stuff, but the wall is up there. Really? Hootie and the Blowfish is number ten. Jesus wow, that doesn't surprise me though. That album was just no. I want to hold was, his hand. 
Rumors, Fleet Road by Mac Rumors. Yeah, Rumors. Um, Appetite for Destruction is number 14 with 18 million. It's funny how I run into the Black Album. I thought the Black Album was way the fuck up there. Boston, Beatles Greatest Tits, uh, Physical Graffiti is number 21 with 16 million units. That's that's Black Album should definitely be up there. Well, actually, it's the very next album. It's 22 at 16 million units. So it's right next to Physical Graffiti. All right, I will not shout them all out. I was gonna page through and see if there's any more hard rock or metal. That's crazy, and those and those albums are still selling. That's what's still crazy about it. Oh yeah, um, honestly, I if you go to iTunes and I know that's not the be all end all, but I'm looking at the top ten like most recently, like that was mostly Metallica. You know, mm-hmm. for all the new shit that comes out, people are still apparently buying Metallica more than anything else. Well, they keep I mean? re-releasing it. I mean, they just released the well, black the, album. I think the. Yeah, and the vinyl craze, you know, we I, I was ranting a little bit last time about the Adele effect. I think that Metallica is benefiting from that maybe a little bit too right now with sure. their vinyl. I'm sure they are. So in the top, so this is the top 50 list, and in the top 50 list were three Zeppelin records, which I think is more than any other artist. Um, so I told you it was Physical Graffiti in four. Can you guess what the, and it's number 50. Can you guess what the last Zeppelin selection is in the top selling of all time? Uh, it's either two or houses of holy. You got it right. I just got a zero in. Houses. I would imagine it's two only because yeah. of a whole yeah, lot of go. love. Nicely done. Yeah, two it is. Yeah. Nice. All right, then. Yeah. I was hoping Matt would be here by now, but uh, apparently not. So let's uh, move on to t shirt and beer check. Or T-shirt oh. and whatever you're drinking, check. Uh, Josh, what are you so, wearing? What are you drinking? I'm wearing a Mount of Marth, and uh, I am drinking Monkey Shoulder, an Isla Scotch. Nice. Mm. Mark is on. Yeah, I'm wearing a Wayfarer shirt. It's like a tribal of- dude on a pile of bodies. I don't yeah. know. Pretty cool. <laughs> Can't go wrong with a pile of bodies. And uh, I just finished, I'm drinking um, beers from uh, a place called the Hot Butcher, which is, I believe it's in Evanston, actually, where I used to live. And the first one I had is called a Taffy Pull, and it's a citra hopped uh, saltwater taffy IPA brewed with sea salt and vanilla. And I wasn't sure. Tracy brought me this. I guess apparently the Hot Butcher uh is uh, friends with people at her work and just brings them cases of beer <laughs> she's brought, brought me this i was like i don't know about this but i gotta try it it was actually quite delicious nice and now i'm drinking pretty apt actually considering what we were talking about because it's called blizzard of 67 huh? <laughs> oh my god so blizzard that. and also really old um, it's got citra it's a it's a triple ipa citra nice. mosaic el dorado and Akua not hopped. I don't even think I've ever heard of that hop before. Uh, 10% though. So pretty good. All right, uh, Matt. What? You're not here yet? Okay. Well, then uh, I guess uh, John. <laughs> yeah, Matt's beers were pitchy. I know. Um, <laughs> uh, I think I've cycled through shirts. Or, oh, no, it's just another Oba shirt. Yeah. So, <laughs> although I think I may have worn this. Uh, I think it's the, uh, they did a crew shirt when um, COVID first started. I think they sold shirts to give the money to their crew. 
I've got like, I don't know how many 50 of these shirts, not this particular one, but, um, so my first beer was something called 40 mile IPA from three notched brewing company. They're from Charlottesville mm-hmm. in Virginia. I was joking earlier. It says, leave your mark on the can. I was like, I don't, I don't know what mark I'm going to leave, but I'll drink the beer instead. <laughs> and then I started my second one. Uh, actually, I think I'm drinking Jen's mom's beer that, Jen left in the fridge for her cause she likes red or amber ales, but I'm just like, I got nothing and I got to drink something tonight. So she's not here. Um, so this is from adventure brewing, which is down there. Um, her area Fredericksburg, uh, in Virginia. And this is called uh, Fred red. I don't normally drink Irish red ales. I don't have anything against them. I just don't drink them that often. Red so beers nice. give me a headache for some reason. Yeah, yeah, agree why, with me. Do you, why, why don't you have any beer in the house? Oh, I've been cleaning out my fridge. Ah, okay. Big time. Yeah. Uh, I just drank two uh, beers from 2015, a Parabola from Firestone Walker Mm. and a uh, Deschutes Abyss from 2015. So I'm clearing out stuff to make room for all new beers. And plus Marcus on, I didn't, I didn't go to the, to the beer store today because I was busy watching um, a new, uh, one of those death game shows from Japan on uh, Netflix. Oh. <laughs> you know, like Squid, Squid Game, game but, it, but it's right, uh, right, right. a new, a new You're one. binging uh, it, John? Yeah, Alice in Borderland. I was watching that today. Oh, man. Oh. So I haven't even watched the Squid one yet. Yeah, I haven't. Uh, mir- miraculously, very good at the overdubs in terms of matching the uh, text of what they're saying with their um, their movement of their mouth. Cause sometimes you watch some films, you're like, this is, I can't do this anymore because it's so off, but it's actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. I said, I couldn't do squid game for that reason. I started, I started and I was like, nah, uh, if it had just not read the subtitles. I'm trying to remember. Did squid squid game have subtitles? I I'm sure that was one Jay. That was one of the better shows I've seen in a long time as a fan of old seventies going again, back to the way back machine of old seventies, Kung Fu films. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and say that that was a masterpiece of matching voice <laughs> and movement. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, that's a low bar there, but all right. <laughs> Anyone who's watched the movie Kung Pao knows what I'm talking about. Oh, Kung Pao is a classic. <laughs> okay, so as usual, I'm kind of holding on to mine till later because I've, I've got a thing going on later tonight. I'm gonna, but I still want to at least share something because there was this much. I, I, I tend not to put much on... Um, uh, on tapped anymore because I, I usually just buy the same fucking two six packs, you know. Like I get two things. So I like to have two different things in the house. But anyway, this my favorite beer started to disappear. And I was like, what the fuck? Man, I can't find this fucking thing. And they have a bunch of different versions of this, but the one that I like is just the straight up garden variety one. And then I found out why it disappeared because it came back and they totally redesigned both the packaging and the flavor. And it's even better than before. It's my fucking go-to right here. It's 21st Amendment. It's called Brew Free or Die. This is my favorite everyday beer. So I can't stress enough if you guys haven't tried that try. What did they what did they change on this one, Jay? Um, you know, it's not explicit. I don't know if it just says new taste. Like literally, I don't know if they use different hops or something, but it's actually it, they steered it a little closer to and I don't know if this was on purpose, but they stood a little closer to something like uh, Pliny. Nice. Oh, and it was very, good. it was very good before, dude. Like I love it. It was just the one. No, I it's just a solid beer. I like it. I've yeah. had it before. It's a little, a, a, a slightly more bitter in, the, in a very nice kind of way now. Like, Can you see through it? Grace. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't buy the hazy. To be honest with you. 
<laughs> but in any case, um, I and I, so I couldn't be happier because I thought my favorite beer was going away. It survived and came back right. stronger. And then the other one I have in the house right now is Racer Five. I've been pretty boring lately. I'm just buying California. <laughs> oh, Racer Five, though, man, that's yeah. been around for like eons. So every night around, so the the way it works around here is every night around um, like six o'clock, I put three <laughs> three in the freezer. Two twenty first Amendment Racer Five. That's my beer the ritual it's my ritual i find there's a lot of uh breweries are changing their packaging or one of my favorite beers ever the sump um it used to come out in bottles and it they don't make it in bottles anymore they put it in cans and uh i was in this place called the beer temple and came across i'm like is this the sump i know I, i went and asked the guy in the front he's like what happened to the bottles like they don't do they don't do them anymore because they can so sell four of those it. now. They can sell yeah. more now. That's why. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what I saw. Maybe I might have been some Epic stuff in cans before I hadn't seen. Before I think Epic has put in some things in cans now that they weren't necessarily doing before. It's just cheaper for them to do it too. But you can actually go from 24 point what eight ounces on a bomber to now four 16 ounce cans of it, and you could charge twice as much. Yeah. You know, and guess <laughs> what? Has a mind for business. I uh, was in a was in a two pack. I think was it two? Okay. Yeah. But so um, just to uh, finish up here, uh, and I'm I, I probably wear this too much, I think, but this is my melissa long sleeve shirt um and um just a quick report to you john i can see your car in the background there i haven't got my 2112 or i haven't got my moving pictures yet i assume any day now but john got his box set could you hold it closer to the camera and is that actually made out of metal no it's It's plastic it's it's plastic yeah have you ever looked up a red bar chat i assume that's what one looks like uh well no this is actually a volkswagen (laughs) Is that, is that true? <laughs> Why would they get it's a VW? It's a VW van. I mean, come on. <laughs> okay, hold on. Everyone uh, looked at me like, really? I'm like, yeah, that's no. weird. <laughs> so, so in the, in the, yeah. That, why would they? And the, real quick, in the moving, moving pictures, Russia's moving pictures, 40th anniversary box. That's a little late because of COVID. Um, they put a little red bar chat a car in there. If you bought like the Mega Super, gouge you for everything you got box, which. I've bought all the other boxes from that period and I wasn't not going to not get this one. So, Hmm. and plus Jen was like, why are you not getting it? I was like, that's all I needed to hear. So, and I got (laughs) it. And it's guilt-free. And it's, oh, Marcus, when you see the box, it's fucking huge. I'll get it here in a second. I mean, it's like, it's like this wide. It's huge. Really? Uh, Sounds like a good box for a cat. And so for now, um, yes. I don't know how many days we are in counting, but when 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 I receive mine, we'll know exactly how many days closer to the distributor John is because I just haven't got my debt. John said it's a few days, but he yeah. also ordered his oh, for me. That is huge. Speaking of gouge you for everything you own packages, Josh, did you see the uh, sentenced vinyl uh, box set? Oh, uh-uh. yeah. No. yeah. It's, it's like a one of those it's a big boy book box that you get you like they're like 50 pounds it's huge yeah it's something like 10 12 albums or something it's a, it's a good it's a good thing i haven't seen it because i'm a total totally a sucker for things like that man and i i will drop money like that <laughs> wait did george did you get it yeah, i did but it doesn't come out until august uh gotcha yeah it's crazy how much is in this thing so that's huge john yeah i mean it's got even like you know the aside from the early stuff it's got the i think it's got the trooper and it's got the uh like the really really old stuff like before they were sentenced or something 
you know, I forget what yeah. it's called. Oh, you uh, did get that. I told you yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. John told me about it. I was like, what? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's like three hundred dollars or something. Did I send you the boner alert thing first? I was like, boner alert. And yeah, he was just like, "What?" <laughs> one just, of those what's. That's a good thing for Jersey, yeah, because he stopped buying vinyl. Most of I, I still so buy from my friends' bands. You know, right, I, right, I, right. I bought a Borea from Trevor and and well, that's uh, a special the art set, though. Yeah, those are special sets, and that you know yeah. that's why. By the way, I'm so excited to receive this rush one because we've talked about that tactile sense that spending an evening with something, and I yeah. do that with my box sets. I'll pull out my Venom box set and just fucking sit there and listen to three records in a row and page through the book and look at all the shit. So I can't wait to get the Living Pictures one. Okay. Art book with a boatload of pictures from the tour. Wow. He's a beaut, man. I can't wait. And that's, yeah. that's, I'll literally set up an afternoon to just look at that book and listen to the record and the live record, which I can't wait to hear. So I've heard uh, a fair well, amount now. It's insane. Anyway, sorry, George. No but worries. Too much. It's not like we're a short form podcast. <laughs> and we're still on the time crunch we're doing all right yeah we're, we're doing, doing fine right. uh, hey it's before nine o'clock so we can't say anything we're we're all happy now exactly <laughs> exactly oh wait i didn't do mine yeah that's, no. what, that's what i'm saying sorry for I, I oh, took too much time I, I i was gonna move on um I'm wearing my decibel uh, death to uh, false beer fest shirt because while I have a million shirts, I only rotate through about six. Uh, Pretty much. (laughs) Pretty much. And uh, started with brimming horns, eucalyptus blossom, traditional mead. Nice. And moved on to uh, Josh can appreciate why I buy beer from this brewery. It is Nepente brewing. Oh, nice. And, and they're they're local ish like Baltimore I think, uh, and they every time I go in there they have a completely different IPA of some kind like it's like they must just do short batches and then move on to something else, uh, and this is a cosmic Dubba beep weepa <laughs> double IPA double that's pretty good I got that yeah that's nice nice and uh, like it. it's tasty. And uh, after that, we'll probably be seeing some uh, Cigar City uh, High Ally because nice. you can't go wrong with that. Yeah, I picked some of that up in Delaware. Can't go wrong with a that. couple weeks ago, and uh, it was so good. I had to get some more, and I was so. like, "Hey, my local place actually has it." So, all right, what? really, really quick, George. Sorry, do you, do you want to hear some? So, so Jay, you 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 were talking about licorice pizza earlier, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Paul Tom Sanderson thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I opened Google. I typed in LIC, and it popped up licorice pizza. They're data mining the shit out of us right about now. <laughs> <laughs> just, terri- just terrifying. Just terrifying. That is, yeah, anyway, that I'm- is terrifying. I can't tell you how many times I'm, I'm, we talked about this on the show. I'll go where I'll say something. I'll be just talking to somebody else something. And I'm like, now why is this in my Facebook feed? <laughs> but you know, Josh, if you had typed LIC. K, it would have been completely different. Pictures of Will. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> 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 All right. Moving on to the news. First news item is, uh, it's not exactly metal, but I, you know, I was a fan of the Foo Fighters. Still am. I don't know if they're going to be around anymore, but Taylor Hawkins died recently. 
Um, that was a bit of a shock, bit of a bummer. Um, I don't know if they released an official cause of death, but they did mention some of the stuff that was in him. Uh, yeah. he had, he had like, he had antidepressants, he had Xanax, he had, uh, opiate. an opioid, which was, I'm, I'm guessing either fentanyl or, or, uh, oxy. I mean, like 10 substances and I'm was it 10? Yeah, it was a so that's probably the reason he's dead and pot like the cocktail huh? but I'm guessing that it was probably the opioid that did it um I mean the rest of those aren't going to kill you well together though I mean it's like a, a perfect storm you know I mean yeah it's it's scary the the yeah. thing that brings me out is that I I've never been like a, a huge food food fighters fan but um the thing that sucks is that after he passed, I watched a bunch of videos. I had no idea how he's a great singer or I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. What he, he was a great singer. Yeah. That's that's somebody like, to love thing is really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was, that like, is somebody to love any of the thing where he yeah. apparently would sing the, the queen track. Yeah. Cause not, not unlike you, I didn't pay that much attention, but I, I, yeah, I looked at some people's tributes and things. Yeah. By the way, well, that's a badass uh, Lord of the Rings class there. <laughs> the, there? At the one ring. So George, you like them. I, I mean, would you say they're one of the few actually well-known popular rock bands? Yeah. I mean, like big, I mean for, there's not many anymore. For cool. years, I've said that Foo Fighters is the last bastion of rock music because they're one of the only bands that still Super get played on the radio and yeah. show up on the Grammys and, and, you know, and stuff like that. Cause there's just not rock bands anymore. It's like there's metal and then there's, hip hop and pop and country, but there's not a whole lot of rock. I mean, Jack white is probably one of the other people that still does rock music. And yeah, I don't know. I it's mean, just, there's like singer songwriter people that are there's like a little more fluffy rock bands out there. But well, well, I mean, there's bands like, bands still. That, like who gives a shit? Like Slipknot, Avenged uh, Sevenfold, yeah. Five Finger, Dick Punch. Um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Stuff that nobody cares like, about. like a, a mainstream kind there's of not like many at all. normal rock band. That right. Means, you don't, there's maybe, no Bruce Springsteen's yeah, or Tom Petty's mm-hmm. or or uh, even uh, an ACDC or something, you know? Um Another another tragedy to fentanyl, man. That's I mean, it, it's just whatever. It is what it is, man. Yes. Know, I mean, there's Pearl Jam. I mean, you they, know, they, they bring right, cuts. right. But they're you know they're grandfathered in. I'm talking about like new acts in the last twenty years. Yeah. Well, I think Foo Fighters remain relevant. I think that's the thing. Like they're that's, always in the public consciousness. You know, right, right. Even though they've been around so long, there's well, I think, you're right. There's was, not any bands like that. That was the point I was getting to. I mean, that's the last. I mean, I saw, I, I'm not even a fan. I had their first album and I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. But I watched their show at uh, Wembley. Yeah. I was like, yeah. fuck. That's exciting. Yeah. yeah. These guys are badass. I am. Yeah. And I, I have said before and we'll continue. But when The Shape and the Color came out, I listened to that a lot. I actually really liked that record a lot. It was like a lot better than the first one. My Hero and all that stuff is on there. I, cool. You know, an, an interesting part of this conversation too, and I'm not, I don't want to kind of like, you know, play guessy guessy with somebody's future, but I do wonder, will they wrap it up? Um, you know, Dave Grohl is a real historian of rock music and I, I could see him thinking, you know, we got to do the Zeppelin thing here. You know? Yeah. Cause especially because this guy was like a huge part of the yeah. personality. It's of like the he band. wasn't a founding member, but he was definitely a big part of the personality. Yeah. yeah. 
And he was like Dave's best friend. And yeah. he was the guy who was chosen to play drums. The reason he wasn't a founding member was because Dave played everything in the first two records. Right. But, but um, yeah, I, it's, it's sad. It's sad. And I agree with you. They are like this kind of like very visible, huge presence, really. I mean, they're very, very successful band. I wonder. I wonder if they're going to. And I felt terrible for him, partially because. I mean, the irony being that, um, you know, he was the drummer in a band where the front man died, and now he's the front man in a band where the drummer died. Both of them very successful. Yeah. Thing, you know, situations. I feel like they might carry on just because if they don't carry on, they still probably want to play together. I mean, yeah, you know, right. Pat and, and the other guys. Um, and it would be dumb to just sort of change the name and still play with these guys. So maybe they. Maybe, maybe they'll just make Dream Widow be their main thing. Yeah. Did you right, listen to that? Yeah. <laughs> What's that? Did you listen to Dream Widow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's not bad. You know, I thought it was all right. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty good. I mean, Dave, Dave was calling it black metal. It's not black metal by any stretch. No. 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 It's, it, I mean, it's, it's basically kind of sort of the soundtrack for that movie that they did, right? Right, yeah, which did, I did really want to see now. Yeah. It, well, no, it's in the, the theater. It's in the theater. Sure. It's not digital uh, it's yet. On, it is on digital, actually. It's not, it, well, it's it must it's not really a soundtrack. It's like there's the band in there and one of them kills everybody. And that, this is the album, the last album that they put out. I guess, they put the out. They're making this record in the movie, but there are a lot of cool people like Kerry King is in it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's the only one I can think of right now, but there are some what? other like famous metal guys in it and stuff. And so it's probably worth watching just for that reason. And I watched uh, the trailer and some scenes on, um, like YouTube, it was funny, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I see what they were doing. You know, I'm okay with it. I'll probably watch it. Did you see Metal Lords? Hmm? Watch no, it I yesterday. keep hearing mixed. I keep hearing. I haven't mixed, seen that yet. I keep hearing mixed reviews about Will it. Will loved from, it from my metal friends. I have metal friends who are telling yeah. me, like, yeah, and some of them are like, "Fuck that." So I don't know. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm mixed because it's like it wasn't all that great a movie, but it was contextually pleasing. And that it was like metal themed and yeah. you know, the, the guy's room uh, was like covered in stuff. And you know, any, any movie that prominently features artwork from goblin cock, yeah. you can't go <laughs> wrong. Yeah, with. You're insane, yeah. <laughs> I don't, actually, what is everyone expecting? I don't know. I mean, I don't it's know it's just, it's just, it's just a film about kids that are coming of age and like metal. And mm. if you're looking for a, you know, Oscar worthy film, Okay, I think it uh, is. I know. Yeah. I don't think it's that, John. I think it's that some some movies get metal so wrong, and like, and even if they just like if they just sort of grab the wrong bands and put them next to each other in this yeah. kid's room, there's like stuff that really can rub you the wrong way. If, if people are complaining about that from that film, then they got nothing better to do because I watched it and it. They I don't know if they are. I don't know if they are. No, I, I would have expected a little more humor. Like some of the other metal movies. What's the one where the guys are trying to get to the gig? Oh, I, yeah, I guess. You know? um, I think that's actually got black metal. I think it's called, the fuck's that called? Anyway, Deathgasm is the De- one as far as we're concerned. No, it's but the other, the other one where the guys are. Tra- you're about. Yeah, it's yeah. called, uh, I'll look it up. You know, I, I, I was thinking it would be a little more over the top and it was really just, yeah, like a coming of age movie that just happened to have uh, heavy metal your right. theme to it <laughs> i mean i'm not that swayed i mean obviously i love metal but i watched the trailer and it just didn't look very good to me that's why i haven't watched it but because there's metal in it i'm like i'm a little bit intrigued it was entertaining so it was worth the time okay so that's where in the age of covid though which and i know that's 
things are kind of much more open now, but binging has become a thing. So I'm just going to take two seconds to tell you guys two series I watched recently that I fucking loved and you should watch them both. One is Our Flag Means Death. If you guys haven't watched that yet, you guys must know that, right? Well, Kataika Watiti, it's about pirates. Well, uh, you had me at his name. I can't say his oh, name, but I love Taika that Watiti. dude. Oh, fuck. You guys got to watch Our Flag Means Death. I think that was on HBO Max. And then another one I just finished watching called Minx. Mm. And Minx is about the first adult male magazine. Yeah. But it's just totally irreverent and funny and full of nudity and hilarity and stuff. I can't recommend it. Bunch of dicks. I heard about that one. There are dicks in it, yeah. (laughs) Great. Well, I'll I'll go over to Bill's house to watch that. Uh, (laughs) We we are dicks. We're not showing dicks. I mean, come on. Gosh, I'm surprised you guys. Nobody knows that because we don't put the video out, John. (laughs) We're all audio. For all they know, we're just talking Johnsons. Right now. Yeah. Yeah. Spend your time on you porn. Don't spend your time on our station. <laughs> mm. Hey, I'll ask this for t- real quick. Anyone watch the uh, Julia show yet? Julia Charles? No. Oh, no. How is it? I'm interested. We're recording it. I think it's it's uh, it's fun. It's good. It's about eighty uh, percent bullshit, but still, <laughs> it's they they inject stuff into the show that they didn't need to do and they make up characters and things she says that she never said and i'm like hollywood strikes again but it's still you really know you're julia childs well you know it's funny john no i mean all you gotta do is watch it and you're like holy shit i think i've actually watched this when i was a kid you know when i was on yeah for sure yeah did you watch the hello and welcome to the metalheads podcast you know where she's from (laughs) she's born in southern california God, you should see if somebody does oh, an impersonation shit. of her, and we can get that on the uh, on the cast charge. Yeah. Oh, the woman who does her uh, does a pretty good job. Well, that movie, her. there was that movie a few years ago where Meryl Streep played her. Yeah, which was actually pretty good too. And this looked very similar to me, so that's the only reason I watched it. But I uh, it's just there's so much shit on TV now. I watch more stuff now that I never would have watched before, just because. Yeah, there's a boatload of stuff to watch. So. And and baseball's back. See, Josh, yeah, we go is. down all kinds of rabbit holes. <laughs> and I've got way back on television. Hey, man, if you want, we can do Kiefer Sutherland Part 2. No. We've done, done, done Kiefer. Let's move on to the next news item, which I thought was interesting, is that a Cliff Burton Museum is opening in Sweden next month. Nice. I'm like, As thanks. You, San Francisco, right? If you'd salted your fucking roads, we wouldn't have to be doing this, but... But okay. Where is it? I know it's the Sweden, but is it in Stockholm or? I don't know. I didn't, I didn't recognize it. Like I, I, I think it was nearby where the accident Lumbee. happened. Yeah, it's like, there's like a, a memorial stone where they're, they're in a crash site. People yeah. People keep visiting it there. So that's why they started to open this museum because people would go to pay their respects, apparently. Yeah. And it's opening pretty soon. I think May, sometime in May. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, next every- month. Does I, uh, everybody remember where they were? Was it one of those moments where everybody remembers where they were when they heard? Oh, yeah. I was in yeah. bed listening to Metal Shop. I was like, I had my headphones on, the lights out, you know, like pretending to be asleep, listening to Metal Shop on the radio, and and uh, Metal Shop announced it. And I just really? sat there in bed crying. <clears throat> I can honestly say I don't remember because uh, that, like so many other 80s things, that was a delayed piece of information for me. I didn't right. know about it probably a week what? till a week later or something. Yeah, it might have been. It was probably that long for me as well. But still, you know, you got the information when you got it. Yeah, yeah. when that stated, I can picture school. I feel like I was at school. 
Yeah, yeah. That's I was I was in. Do you remember Mr. Romeo? Of course, George? he taught me how to drive. Yeah. So so he apparently he, not in a snowstorm though. No, yeah. no, fucker. <laughs> he he, <laughs> he listened. He had WRF turned on in the morning before. So I had him for math first mm. class in the morning. And no wonder I never learned anything about math. But uh, he he would play WRAF and they announced it on there. And I just remember just being crushed, man. Just mm-hmm. just crushed. Wow. Terrible. Yeah. The ultimate battle. What if? I yeah. Know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. He really is, dude. I mean. that yeah. We should do that. That should no, be. 100%. George, you were asking about roundtables. We should do a what if and just yeah. throw out a few topics. And I we could save that one for the last one. What if Cliff did die? And That's then we not, can just trash Lars for the next like 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was. And you know what? Honestly, one of the first things is Lars would have got fired. You that know, was the first minutes. they were going to do when they got back. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's that. Anyway, well, that is a long conversation, but I yeah, do I think mean, they'd be a totally different band. Very different band. Yes, I do. Yeah. I think it was John, wasn't it you, that I was talking to about how I read the, uh, the Scott Ian interview? Mm-hmm. the other day yeah. and you know That's like brand new information that i didn't know because anthrax was on that tour with them yeah. and after the accident apparently lars went directly to his parent his dad's house from the accident didn't even go back to the hotel so james and kirk come back to the hotel where the anthrax guys are like what and 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 scott uh, I can I can say if that's true or not. I'll be right back. Keep going. All right, uh, and and Scott spent the whole night like consoling Kirk and uh, uh, Frankie and uh, Charlie were like uh, worked with James and like took him outside and like walked him around the hotel like a dozen times to get him to you know keep from trying to kill people. Um, that really? story is so telling. So and I'm just way. like, wow, you know, because that's an angle of the story I've never heard. Like, yeah. like the, the the more you hear about Anthrax, man, the more it just seems like they're like the coolest fucking guys like ever. Yeah. Like, I want to read this, Frank's book. Frank's got a book out. I mean, I, I understand people are who they are and everybody, you know, has bad breath and has to take a shit. Right. But it just it they did that whole that whole history of Anthrax series on YouTube not that long ago. And it just, I don't know, man. They just seem like they're just such a bunch of just stand-up guys. I don't know. Does seem that way. I don't want to throw water on that fire, dude. I really don't. Except that the reason, and perhaps things changed quite quickly after this, but this has always been interesting to me. And this is a very good book if you don't have it. Yeah, I have it. And it's, it's just the full... Documentary. But one of the things that has always stuck out to me was it actually has a photo of them showing up back at the hotel after the crash. And Lars is there. Lars is there. Yeah. All right. Uh-huh. Well, so, well, maybe no. he left what directly he from five, there. To, yeah, what he did five minutes later is beyond me. It was just that really stuck out to me when you said that because, yeah, hey, I remember that's a, that's, that's, that's I a may be, I may photo. be quoting it wrong. It may. I, I just know that he said Lars went to his dad's house. Yeah, you know, and the other two guys stayed at the hotel f- until the next day. So, I, w- I will tell you one thing that would have definitely happened had Cliff lived. Dave Lombardo would have been in Metallica at least two separate times as their drummer. <laughs> All right, <how> about that. <laughs> really, no one's getting that. Come on, a guy's like in every band. Like every two years, he leaves a band. It goes. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, which by the way, speak of the devil. I mean, he's in testament. Testament. on the tape right there. Now. 
And I was like, wow, really? Dave Lombardo? Like, come on. <laughs> well, speaking of a band I don't think he's been in yet, uh, Machine Head is attempting to course correct with their upcoming album of Kingdoms of Kingdom and Crown and their lead single Choke on the Ashes of Your Hate. Now, their last album was was definitely their Saint Anger. Uh, that was a, just an, an abominable piece of shit that Decibel reviewed with a <laughs> shrug emoji. That result is with every band member except for him leaving, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. So I think so that's how much that thing sucked. I think Rob got the hint and said, okay, more metal. Uh, because I don't know. I, I thought the single was pretty good. You know, it's not uh, as extreme as a lot of what I've been listening to, but I thought it was an okay song. Well, they, the, the album has three songs from the EP that they did last year. Doesn't two? Well, see, I, so, I wasn't paying any attention to them. Like four until. songs from it. Yeah, there was some arrows in the words from the sky. I think it was called EP that they put out last year, and then all three of those songs are on the album. There's a lot more songs. Uh-huh. There's that new one, and then but there's also those three. So um, I don't think I ever listened to it, but. Uh, I guess you could get a good sense of what it's like because you get you get four tracks now. Mm, yeah, I have to go back and hear the others. I mean, I liked Machine Head up until definitely not the last one, and probably not the last one before that. But um, up through what was the one? Uh, something with about insects or something. Uh, like yeah, the tracksuit uh, era, the locusts, locust, locust something. Yeah, yeah, like that was like the last good one, I think. And, and it uh, was not as good as the one before that, so. I'm no. not a huge fan, but I, I, I'm totally on board with everybody who says the Black is a great record. It really, really is. Yeah. Um, I don't think this quite stands up to that. It's definitely more of a return to that kind of metal form. We'll see. Yeah, I, I heard something about it supposed to be like they're Blackening 2 or something. So I was like, all right, I'll give it a shot. I mean, if they hadn't said that, I wouldn't have even bothered um, because that last album was just a shit burger. Yeah. It was a total shit burger. Yeah. yeah that, that was <laughs> a lot of shit burgers in their catalog. <laughs> They so. do. They do. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Fuck that uh, guy. So am I the only one that listened to it then? Yeah. He, me and Lars. Fuck them both. Yeah. Why is this in the news? <laughs> because I was giving them a shot, you know? Okay. Okay. No, because Marcus, I man, we could do the decibel review because that's the greatest review ever. And it, it's <laughs> sure. just, he got Except so no one could see it. He got yeah. So if anyone doesn't know what it is, it's just a guy shrugging. It wasn't even a number or like it didn't say shit or garbage. <laughs> just a guy shrugging. Yeah, and it really pissed Rob Flynn off. He got mad about that, and that makes it even better. Yeah, well, he's, he gets he gets a little <laughs> he gets rubbed testy. so hard. <laughs> so, all right, next news item. Uh, we already talked about this a little bit, but Creator released a second single, "Strongest of the Strong," from their forthcoming new album, which is out on June tenth. Um, I thought this one was a little more kind of uh, formulaic, I guess, than the than the first song. So, I mean, it wasn't Sounds bad. Really, it wasn't yeah. bad. Right. It, I just was like. I don't know. Sounds very produced. Yeah. And which is funny because Arthur Rizik, you know, we know Arthur, uh, Arthur's producing it and he does really good work. So I don't know. But they've been like that for. Yeah. It's very shiny. But that's, that's kind of creator of the now. I mean, that's who that last creator album was awesome. Mm -hmm, But it's shiny. Yeah. It really is. I I don't care about how shiny it is. 
I don't know. I mean, but, of course, I'm going to give the album a, a shot. I just, yeah, the song didn't do anything for me to be. But you honest. know, so here's an interesting thing, and this is a weird phenomenon that happens with various metal bands. But Creator never picks the right single. <laughs> like on the last, this is true, dude. Like in the last record, um, the best song on that record, as far as I'm mm-hmm. concerned, was um, uh, what's it called? Um, Satan is real. Yeah, that love that song. That song is so fucking cool. It's got the coolest riff on it, and it wasn't the single. Right. So, I don't think that's uncommon, Jay. I think a lot of bands actually, I don't know, I, I don't know if it's label pressure or they just release songs that they want to throw out there and then they hit you with the sledgehammer later or they're just yeah. idiots. I don't know. I think it happens more often than, than you, mm-hmm. you think. And, and yeah. sometimes I think um, you listen to the song and you're not that jazzed about it, but then you listen to it within the context of the whole and album. It's and much it's better. better. Yeah, Even I did that. Their last album. The, the first single they put out, I thought it was good, but I felt it was a lot better when I listened to the whole mm-hmm. album together. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you, Marcus. On yeah, well, I'm, I'm excited for it. I think I think um, Creator is in a very cool place right now where they really haven't put out a bad record in um, quite a while, and so I think it's gonna be great. I totally expect this to be a good record, and I like mm-hmm. both of the lead tracks. I'm- By the way, interesting um, chemist fact, Oid which you guys must have seen, but it's worth adding to the news real quick, which is they said. It's funny. It's coming from you. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, hold on. It, it is kind of worth hearing because it, it speaks to. Keep your enemies close. It's Jason. I'm <laughs> shocked that Jay actually. They didn't Jay break up, did album. they? That's the only reason I can think no, of why no, Jay No, they got there. a new tour starting up uh, right now. <laughs> no, a, a conversation with death now has more than 3 million streams oh, I saw on that. Spotify. Yeah. yeah. That's so wild. It's 3 million people listening. It's to that. not even their song. So that's yeah. cool. You know, good for them. Or yeah. it's their interpretation of the song. Yeah. yeah. It's like a, like an old folk song, right? Yeah. yeah. That's wild. That's pretty and neat. What do they make? Like four bucks? Three bucks? Or six cents, maybe. I don't know. What yeah. I, if you do the royalty fact. Yeah. They owe Spotify money somehow. I don't know. <laughs> they yeah. get a free launch at Mickey D's. <laughs> yeah. You like Chemist, Josh? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that should be in your wheelhouse because you like the traditional... Yeah. Style metal. Yeah, that's yeah, why I was like, yeah, if you yeah. haven't heard this, uh, yeah, especially the last one. Jump on I, Did anybody, and I'm embarrassed to, well, no, there's no reason to, but did anybody listen to this advanced track from Kirk Hammett's apparently forthcoming solo album? I did not. I saw the no, thing, I but I, I didn't, didn't listen to it. it. I almost sent it to you guys. Well, I almost sent it to you guys, and then I was going to send right below that. I just stopped myself, but I was going to send you a video for To Tame a Land because it's just a reworked. Of the of Tatamaland riff, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, Trust me, if if that does not go through your head when you put this on, now that stated, it's kind of weird and interesting. There's instrumentation on it that goes beyond metal, so he really was trying to do something soundtracky. But nah, you might check it out. I'm I'm not whatever, but mostly I felt like he was like. I, I could picture him writing this and going, why does that sound familiar? And I'm like, I Because if I was there, I would have told him. I'd been like, yeah, that's the table I have to do. But, you know, so, you yeah, remember was, when he lost his phone with all those riffs on yes, there? Yeah, it might have yeah. had all his Iron Maiden albums on there, too. <laughs> <laughs> so in any case, but you said you had another news story, too. Yeah, I, I, I put this one on here afterwards. Um, so there's a metal band called Hemorrhage, and it's not the grindcore band. This one's just H-E-M-O. R-A-G-E. And apparently they play shows from inside their bus outside other metal shows and get I've people moshing in the street. I've seen it live. 
Oh, nice. They were at, they were at the at the last Exodus show. Yeah, well, they were they were in San Diego at the Exodus Testament and Death Angel show, and uh, they got shut down by the police. But apparently, Gary Holt caught part of the set before it was shut down, and uh, and so he bought some of their merch to uh, support the band. And uh, I, I think it's very cool. It's like a pop up concert instead of a pop up uh, restaurant. Uh, well, okay, so I've actually seen them, and not only that, first of all, they're not very good. Uh, but um, well, they, they but, sounded rocking. But um, but literally, um, I've seen them twice now, so I think they must be from here because in both times it was at shows where they and one of them was System of Down. I saw System of Down. They played in the parking lot there, and then they were downtown for Exodus. And anyway, literally, dude, you'll be standing there in the street, and they pull up, and <clears throat> the side of the van comes down, and they just take off rocking. Like it's, it's actually kind of cool. But well, Jay, did they get that from Metallica? Because that's what Metallica used to do. They used to drive around the Bay Area. Yeah. And this huge uh, rig, and they would pull up in a parking lot, like at a Walmart or something. They did just, tower records that way. That, that was like yeah. a flatbed or something. They yeah. did a, ra- they they did a Raiders playing. game that way. They yeah. went to a Raiders game to that. It's a lot like that, but it's but it's, it's kind of cool, though, because all their stuff, they can see their microphones are like embedded in the van. Like, it's all there. <laughs> it's awesome. It's pretty neat. It's pretty neat. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And, and the, I, I take that back. They're not bad. It was just, it's not necessarily the kind of metal any of us would listen to. Let's put it that way. Okay. Kind of maybe Pantera-esque or something. To gotcha. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm not going to listen. All right. Uh, let's move on to the new releases then. This week's new First up, we have the self-titled album from Envy of None. This is the first album featuring Rush guitarist Alex Lifeson, as if we haven't had enough Rush talk already. Uh, and then, you know, some dude from Coney Hatch, that, that band that, yeah. you know, existed Andy once. Current. Yeah. Yeah. And and the singer, she's probably young enough to be the daughter of any of these guys. But uh, Pretty much. but it, it's not particularly metal, though it is kind of heavy at points. Uh, but I thought it was really good. Uh, it was not what I would have expected from Alex Lifeson, but I thought it was fun and I enjoyed it. I don't think anyone expected that from Alex Lifeson. I totally can. Well, I haven't. So please elaborate it's, a little bit. It's like a, a hodgepodge of like indie rock. It's kind of like art pop. Post metal. Uh, yeah. Electronic. Electronic. There's, it's not trip hop. I don't want to use that because that takes in a different place, but there's moments like, touches a portis head for just seconds here and there there's no prog outside of maybe some of the things alex does on his guitar he does some kind of interesting soundscapey things once in a while chelsea wolf and, was also mentioned and uh yeah somebody else know, that it, i liked it, it's if you want something different there's really no metal at all in this she's a great singer i mean it's it's cool yeah it's okay it's like electronic pop. I wouldn't even know that Alex Life is on this album. Right. He does do some really cool guitar parts, but you, he's he's barely um, he's barely at the forefront of it. You know what I mean? Like, um, so it's yeah, basically, but, oh, I think we're talking about hold your fire here. <laughs> no, I don't. But I don't. When I hear electronic, though, it, it don't expect like it's, it's just any of that stuff. It's not no, that at all. Not even. It's more close. like lo-fi, like uh, yeah. The, no, there's no, regular I, acoustic drums on it. So. Actually, yeah. I've been listening to samples since we started talking, and yeah, I totally hear what you're saying. By the way, that's a very rushy cover, um, the artwork, or maybe a rush single that would have worked for. Um, okay, interesting. Well, it'd be a grower for me. I, I, I don't know. I didn't really do much for me because it's all pretty much. 
the same tempo too. Yeah, I just it's felt it's like very laid back and atmospheric on top of that. Yeah, it I mean, is. and I, I, I like that, but um, I just felt like I was going to get more Alex Lifeson. I don't know. Well, I don't know what I was I, expecting, but that's oops. a good point. I think part of it has to do that he has very bad arthritis in his hands. So I think he is basically whatever he does, he wants to actually enjoy what he's doing. Cause apparently on their last tour, he was like, I'm out. I can't do right, it anymore. Right. This is killing okay. me. So maybe that's but what now, it is. Wasn't Coney Hatch kind of metal adjacent too though? They it's were like a hard rock 70s band. Kinda. Yeah. And I, I can honestly say I'm the old, I know for a fact here. I am the probably the only person who's ever seen them live. As a matter of fact, I had to tell George, I had to look at it. I was like, you know, I actually did see these guys live way back when. Were they open for Midnight Flyer? <laughs> no. <laughs> Are you ready for this? 1982, November, they opened for Judas Priest on the Screaming oh, yeah. for Vengeance tour. Interesting. Canadian band, by the way. So obviously yeah. a connection there. Yeah. Um, that's probably why he knows the guy. Josh, were you going to say something? Well, they have a little bit of a typo negative vibe to vibe boom sometimes. Hmm. Yeah. At least one of the tracks that I listened to the be- at the beginning of it, um, the uh, look inside. Uh huh. It just kind of has like a little bit of a you know just that slow kind of typo negative vibe that some some of the songs kind of. Speaking of which, we just passed the twelfth uh, anniversary. Like what? Two days ago. Yeah. Passing the peak. Crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, the years. Yeah, I, you know, I thought there were some projects coming on. I, I was almost sure one of those guys was writing a book about the last days of Peter Steele or something. There was a there was a thing that was supposed to be coming and then it never materialized. I don't know. Yeah. And also, by the way, you know, how kind of sad that for a band that did not live that fast and were so full of musicianship and everything that so many bands carry on for so long. Well, not like these guys. Anyway, it's sad that Russia is not a band anymore. This is what I was trying to get around to saying. Um, such dedicated musicians, but, you know, a little bad luck late in their life. And, um, you know. Uh, Bob's your uncle. <laughs> well, I was going to say, Neil was also suffering from terrible arthritis or whatever it was. He had, <laughs> yeah, he his last show also, he couldn't, he said he was done because he couldn't play because his shoulder was so bad. Couldn't, uh, yeah. So, yes. so. Yeah, well, he was yeah. a pounder his whole his whole life. So, yeah. and whatever they do now that that makes them happy is fine. Exactly. You know, just yeah, you know. But I mean, this album would even be on our list if not for Alex Life. And I just mm-hmm. I just wish I had a little little bit more. Yeah, you know, it's I bet Marcus on uh, you probably would agree. It's just probably time and place when you listen to something. You know, yeah. it could be. Yeah. I've only and, listened to it once, John. So it's like, um, you know, it's, I'll probably it's, give it another spin. Yeah. I mean, I, I liked it, but at the same time, I'm not married to it. That's for sure. Because yeah. <laughs> I want to hear Hogs Lifeson too, obviously. Yeah. I'm, a, you know, so. I'm a bit of a sponge right now. I've been a, in, a, yeah. in a real like death metal grindcore place for the last year or two. And uh, this year I'm I'm a bit more of a sponge just kind of taking everything yeah. in. And, and well, this like, album's like a right turn from that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, this I think this hit you at the right time though too, George, because yeah. you were saying, oh, this is exactly what I needed today. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah. if, you th- if you want metal, don't listen. Put it that way. Yeah. But if you like yeah, rock music not, and not like yeah. stuff, you know, it's cool. Which everybody needs to deviate from the norm. Well, actually I do have a, a non metal album on my, what we 
I've been listening to. So do I. So awesome. Nice. Okay. All right. So next up, we do have a metal album for you in case you were wondering if this was the old fuckers that like, uh, you know, whatever the fuck we've been talking about that isn't metal, which is a lot of things. Um, this is a band called epitaph with an E on the end. This is their second album. They're a French death doom band. Although to be perfectly honest, when I listened to this, it was like ethereal death, death, ethereal. Yeah. It's like, it's not like death doom. Like James Lewis is going to bitch at us about where no. it's like, it's slow and it's not slow. It's, 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 yeah, it's pretty heavy. It's pretty much death metal with, you know, doom passages. <laughs> yeah. can, I, can I just point out a wonderful irony here too, though, in that not unlike Led Zeppelin two, we were talking about earlier, this is actually called Epitaph two and calling something Epitaph two is greatly ironic. I just love that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I've got more to say. <laughs> Wait, one more. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I, I agree, George, because they are listed as a death doom band, but there are moments on this album where it's very death metally. And then it gets very doomy. Yeah. And they kind of merge the two a little bit. Mm-hmm. Then there's a little bit of a blackened guitar tone here and there. Then it gets very proggy in parts. And you might, it is very atmospheric. You're like, oh, okay, all this together. And, and the songs are 20 minutes long. Yeah. Three uh, 18 really plus minute songs album, yeah. in a row, but man. It seems to work for them. It's just like their first album. Although I will say, I, I found it an interesting connection to Pink Floyd on this album without it sounding like Pink Floyd. This album reminds me of animals structurally two bookended short acoustic pieces with three long songs in between the two acoustic pieces. Now these are much longer obviously, but, and it could have trimmed down some of the uh, bits and pieces here and there on the album, but I like these guys. I, I their last album was on my, um, made my top 25. Mm-hmm. The first, uh, was it two, three years ago now? It's been a while. Yeah. A few. So, yeah, I thought it was, it's really good. I really like it. I didn't, it wasn't on my radar. And then John um, mm-hmm. bought it, I think, and I saw it. And then I was like, John, I can't buy this because they, they're putting it out digitally for like a million dollars. Save me. Yeah, you know why I got it? Because I actually, I bought physical on that one. Mm-hmm. And I fucked up because had I bought the other version of the CD, I would have got the bonus track, which was a short song. It was only 11 minutes. Mm. Um, <laughs> I did that what? with the Arth album. I didn't realize there was a deluxe oh, version with a couple more tracks. I was like, God, God. I should say oh, something. I have, that, I have that, George. I can upload it for you if you want. Yeah, yeah, I please. I need, those extra, prophecy. Yeah. I need those extra tracks. I'm going to pull a Marcus on and contact them and say, hey, uh, you know, I bought the album. Uh, <laughs> if you do, you think you might release it? But anyway. I was able to get it to you guys because mm-hmm. I bought the physical copy and they released it for people who bought the physical copy. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I really like it. It's just long. I just, I get tired sometimes and it can be really frenetic. It just like mm-hmm. bombards you, you know? So I can usually do a couple songs and then I, I need a nap. Uh, but I really like, I really like it. I just, I haven't been able to listen to it all at once yet. No, yeah. that maybe that's the, the key to the album is you listen to one of the songs when you get a chance that's 20 minutes okay i'll yeah, move yeah. on i'll come back yeah it's really well crafted though so yeah. i don't i don't know if it's gonna land on my list but i do quite enjoy it yeah i do quite enjoy it i do so this next one i'm guessing is not co- pronounced mary is smelly um <laughs> oh jesus i wish we had mark deeks here from Arth to pronounce this for us because he's really good with the finish but uh mary i'm gonna hazard smelly. Mara Smiley. 
Maras, Maras, Mielli, yeah. Yeah. Mielli, I think Mielli. probably. Yeah. Yeah. And then the album is Marta, Marta, Melta. Sorry, Yanni. Um, yeah, Yanni, why don't you just send us some audio clips with the album for us <laughs> yeah. and then make a comment about Jay so yeah. we can throw that in there too. Jay is my bitch. Yeah. And uh, this, anyway, this is their, the second album from a Finnish black metal band. And it's, uh, it was surprisingly good, which is ironic given that I have their first album. Um, <laughs> first album's great too. I love the first album. I was like, oh, I love it when I. I, I, I get a band and turns out I, there was another album that I don't remember I had, <laughs> which is goes back to that whole, we consume so much that we don't even know what we have, but that happens to me all the time because all the promos and stuff we get, you know, you just, you can't remember it all. Their first album made my, my, uh, I think it was like 10 or 11 for me yeah. when the first album came out. Yeah. I loved it. It's quite good. Well, I love this, this record. Yeah, they just expand the sound even more and add all kinds. There, so that I don't understand why it's called pagan black metal. I guess that means folky black metal, but we can't call it folky black metal because that sounds like too nice and happy. So let's call it pagan black metal. <laughs> but when you call it that, then it's like all these flutes and you know. I think there's an accordion on the album. So there's an accordion. There's a violin. Violin. Blues, yeah. It sounded like it was a jaw, a jaw harp at some point. Yeah, yeah. I call it atmospheric black metal for haunted forest tracks, and yeah. I very much like strolling in a ghostly wood. So uh, this it, is a good but, album for that. But there's some killer riffs. They break it down hard and and, and kind of deviate um, from the kind of foresty flute kind mm-hmm. of playing. Uh, it's yeah, they're they're cool. I like. They sound extremely professional. Meaning mm-hmm. the sound is good, the production is good, the songs yeah. are written in such a way they don't sound like a band that's only got two albums. No, it's like they've been around for a while. So I, I, they're yeah. def, definitely different in a lot of because most younger black metal bands, let's be honest, they got work to do. You know, so yeah, yeah. And I would say this one's going to make my list, but I started looking at my list, man. I already have like over twenty five albums that I think are worthy. So, and we're not even, we're not even halfway through. Right. Take, take yeah. February out. So, what the All heck? right. And now you're back down to a more manageable list. Sheesh. <laughs> yeah. I know. All right. So next we have the new album from Nightfell. Never comes the storm. It's their fourth album. They're a Portland, Oregon, black death band. Um, I used to be a big fan of these guys. I kind of fell off with the last album and, not necessarily a judgment on the album itself. I think it just wasn't in my wheelhouse of death grind at the time. Um, but I did really like this one. Did you say death grind? Death grind as in, you know, Oh, cause death, I, to me, they're death, more, they're no, no, I, that they weren't in that wheelhouse because, oh, because when the last album you. came out, I was all napalm death and nozzum and, you. you know, fucking, yeah. uh, shit like that. And so I was just all like, right, nah, right. not listen it. to this, not listen to this. Got it. Yeah, I mean, I like the last one a lot, and Me I too. I really like this one as well. Just really moody yeah, death doom. I mean, it's just um, I think all the songs on here are great. My only knock is it's a little short. It's I hear like that a lot. Seven minutes or something like that. Oh, I think it's only like thirty. Really? Because there's like <laughs> three songs are like two minutes. I it just feels like 
just it doesn't need to be long. I just maybe a couple more minutes. Just a couple nice, more so. inches would be good. Just more than the tip. Let's, <laughs> I let's not I play didn't that notice game. that, but um, yeah. So, yeah. but it's it's yeah it yeah. Was I, a, it was a surprise drop. It came out of nowhere. I didn't see it coming. That's because right. this one is uh, independently released. Mm-hmm. Previously, yeah. they were on a label of, uh, like twenty bucks uh, spin or some shit. Um, I think it's I think it's twenty bucks spin. But yeah, this was independently released, so apparently they didn't have money to uh, promo it or anything. Because oh. yeah, it just it feels like a COVID release almost. Meaning like they were working on it during maybe. Uh, who knows? I mean, that's a really else. strong album. I, yeah, I, I think it's really good. I mean, I love the last one too. Um, so they're, they're definitely a band. Um, I'll be spinning a lot this year. Yeah. Yeah. And our last, but completely unreviewed, uh, new release is <laughs> not out for another two weeks. Apparently metal storm <laughs> failed me. Uh, volcano is releasing a new album called stone orange, uh, on April 29th, which is two weeks from yesterday. Uh, but according to metal storm, it came out yesterday. So I put it on the list and fail. <laughs> I'll replace it with something real quick if you don't mind. Sure, so but uh, one that. thing I want to say about it is there is a track out, and I did listen to it, and while I thought their last album was very Slayer-esque, this one sounds a little more Creator-esque. So, yeah. just saying. <laughs> anyway, you may carry on. And it's only one song, but there is an album that came out of nowhere that I think we all ended up buying. Oh, of course. New Temple of Void was announced, and they dropped like eight gazillion vinyl variants. Uh, they all sold out super fast. Uh, but they dropped the first song off the album. Is it called uh, Death Touch? Death Touch. <laughs> so I, yeah, I touch you. Cool That's great. Yeah, yeah. So they're Temple from Michigan, Void. Josh. Oh yeah, they're a Detroit yeah. band. I am. I'm wondering if they're gonna do any song vocals on this one. I don't know. I hope not. Will hope the, implica- the implication of the, <laughs> during the their last interview was that they were very shocked at how good of a singer he was, oh, and, okay. that, and mm-hmm. that they might explore that a little more. I love the, the the track they put up. I love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm really excited for that. And and they they would like to come back on the show. Yeah, so that's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Too. Definitely. Who wouldn't want to come back on? I mean, seriously, we're a bunch of fun guys. We like we're like <laughs> pup, pepperoni extra mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> where else are these bands going to get five hours of complete exposure to the whole world like they are with us yeah. exactly you can't leave this uh, podcast without us knowing like we start what so brand underwear you wear <laughs> all right so before we get into what we're listening to because we are totally stalling for matt uh we're gonna do another quick uh what are you, what are you drinking <laughs> um josh you probably josh. drinking the same thing no, no, no. I have changed over to some Elijah Craig bourbon. All right. Oh, nice. Good stuff. And I was I was really hoping that I was I was gonna was gonna stop at the up at the cigar bar and get a cigar, but I couldn't work it out that I could be outside because my girlfriend would have a conniption if I if I was smoking in here. So unfortunately mm. had to that had to not happen this time, but hopefully next time. You you know if you came to MDF, yeah, just saying. It's true, it's true. That's soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's only a little over a month now. There's still tickets. Just saying. Yeah, I mean, I you know I heard I heard you were saying that that MDF this might be the last year. Yes, that's what they're saying. They said, yeah. Yeah. 
I, I heard that I heard that Bloodstock is having its problems too. Huh. Everybody is. I yeah. Except Vakan, because Vakan rules. Like although what the fuck are they doing? Sure. Well, I don't think I don't think it was financial for MDF. I think it was just they're tired. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. That's what I got from that. I would yeah. be willing to to bet a lot of money. Uh, that they are dealing with the same stuff that Glenn deals with from Prog Power mm-hmm. on a much bigger scale. They are sick and tired of dealing with the U.S. visa thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Prog Power has literally changed their lineup. At least 10 bands have dropped off. And they've had to replace them with other bands. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that the guys from MDF are like... They have the same problems. They have the same exact problems. It's just they have more bands to deal with and they're just getting tired of it. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think the quote was the other day from Glenn was, or somebody was, if you're not cold play, they're not letting you in the States right now. Uh, I mean, it's just, if you've got money, then you can get these bands in, but nobody's willing to pay that kind of money to expedite these visas. All I'm saying is corner better get here. Cause that's like, that's that's my biggest draw for MDF is I think corner. Definitely. I was just like, fuck, they're actually going to play a show <laughs> and they're going to play right here. That's all. Awesome. And they're actually playing in Chicago too. Yeah. I think they're going to probably play a few dates in the States. Violence. Yeah. 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 I know they have a, I was debating if I'm going to go cause we're going to see them at MDF, but uh, I might go again. Twice is better than once. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, well, I'm drinking um, another triple IPA called Dun 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 Dun. Which and is it, probably why you are done, son. Yeah, I don't, it's hard why to you're read. getting food now. Motherfuckers, black on black. This is Amarillo, Citra, and Galaxy Hopped triple IPA. So what percent is that? One? This one is, uh, fuck, I can barely read this. <laughs> well, yeah, because the whole can is completely black. It's black on black, dude. It's like, yeah. it's 10, 10.5%. <laughs> Another 10.5. Let's yeah. see. I'm, nice. I, I'm looking for the, the sound effect of uh, what happens when Marcus <laughs> drinks too much. Yeah, I know. This is I going. just fall off a chair. Yeah, why can't I find it? <laughs> Look at that fucking rainbow. Okay, here we go. So this is what it's happens when Marcus drinks too much. And then drinking the Thunder Oak, which won't show up. Ah! <laughs> One more time. And then drinking the Thunder Oak, which won't show up. Ah! That's right. He falls out of his chair. Like, ah! <laughs> Actually, the line that's cut out. Duh, he's fine. Don't worry. He's just laying on his floor. I know. We were we were really bad friends at that point because he was down for a while. I was, but I came back. I came and back we strong. we should have been like nine one one. Uh, what's your emergency? We're like, nah, he'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> as yeah, too many people have said at parties but that was so fun it's yeah. so ridiculous i just went and took a nap it happened, but <laughs> i'm not dead yet so much i think i'll go yeah. for a walk oh my god there's no more rainbows here and uh, i don't drink <laughs> so as much funny. three beers is probably gonna be my limit although these beers are very strong so yeah um we'll see. i haven't hit anything new because i actually ate a little food um i was Thinking about getting a, uh, I've got some newer Bourbon County brand stouts in my fridge, but then I'm like, fuck, I got to be up early tomorrow. And <laughs> that's not a beer you could just throw down. You got to savor that one for a while because it's, I think those are all 14 or 15%. So I may not hit those tonight. I just don't have the. That's for the top 25, John. <laughs> I don't have the tolerance to, to do that. So right now 
I'm okay, boomer. Drinking water. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> no boomer here. I know. God damn, I wish these damn kids would get it right for once. <laughs> and uh, Jay, uh, you still drinking uh, water, coffee, what? Yeah. Yep. Eating a peanut butter sandwich. And I'm going to get my coffee here. Now. All right. I've moved on to the uh, previously predicted uh, Cigar City Hialai. Nice. Very nice. Oh, it's a little one. Very nice. It's just a regular size. Yeah, who knew they made Oh, because they have the 16-ounce ones here, too. That's oh, interesting. Boys. They have both yeah. of them here. Yeah. Cool. So, cheers. Nice. Hope I don't knock it over. Drink Skull. it really fast. Skull, my brother. Skull. All right. I guess we have to move on to what we're listening to. Um, Josh, yes, what sir. are you listening to these days? And um, please feel free to list as many as you like, because Matt's not here. Well, Art, <laughs> uh, you, you, you got me turned on to Art. Yes. That's pretty awesome. Nice. I've been listening to some Dawn of Disease mm-hmm. and Nyctophobia, which is kind of sort of the same band, <laughs> really. Um, uh, Hideous Divinity. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, always some wilderness. I, I'm, I'm really in, into wilderness right now. Uh, Green Lung. Uh, Parasite Inc. Uh, and then just, there's just always a ro- pretty much constant rotation of old school stuff, you know. And then um, I, believe it or not, I never there was this weird situation where some of the, and this, I realized I might catch a lot of heat for this, but um, oh, there, was some classic band, there, there was Controversy. some classic bands. <laughs> there was some classic bands that I didn't get into until like, you know, uh, much later in life. You know, I, I, I told you about this. Yes, you did. You know? So, so uh, King Diamond, Merciful Fate, um, I, I know I'm going to just, somebody's going to like, just, 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 just want, shit the bed. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Motorhead. <laughs> um, and, and so these are all bands that, I mean, I listened to obviously, but I never really got into mm-hmm. for just for whatever reason, I don't know why. And so I've recently like just been just going through their catalogs and trying to just absorb them in their entirety and just enjoy them. And I, and I don't know, I don't know why I never really got into motorhead. I don't, I really don't. And I mean, it's cause obviously they're amazing. Mm-hmm. So let me, can I ask you what's standing out for you? And then some of this releases that you're enjoying the most. And also I listened to this this week and I really want to recommend it to you. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's what I think is the best late era motorhead album. It's called Inferno. It's, yeah, it's good. so fucking good. And yeah, it's just one of those ones. It's just somehow better than the three after it and the three before it by a long shot. <laughs> but are there any particular <laughs> releases that are because I, I love Motorhead? So like, what what are you loving? Well, I so like I said, it it, it takes me. I, I really have to. I really digest a, a 
an album very slowly over time. And so, I, I mean, I'm, I'm really on their, about their first three albums. And I mean, the very first one is, is what I've really, really, really been digging so far and just self-titled, right? That's just the first album self-titled. Um, Iron Horse Born to Lose is just absolutely amazing. You know, um, and so it's just, George and I talked about this a little bit and that was that, you know, he was, he said that he was kind of jealous because um, he had already listened to all this stuff. You know what I mean? He all heard it. It's all old hat for him. Right. Yeah. But now for me, it's all just brand new stuff. You yeah, know what I wouldn't get to hear a number of the beasts for the first time again. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're going to want to get um, the best interpretations of the first album which is not fast Eddie, that's two guitarists on that one is you really got to have no sleep till Hammersmith. And that actually has born to lose on it and the title track motorhead. And it's just, that's, that's a live album. Oh my God. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I can talk yeah. about motorhead all day, but that's, that. I, <laughs> no, I'm jealous of you too. That's great, man. And yeah. you know, yeah, I just, and, and I and don't have a big catalog. So yeah, yeah, no. And I, and, and that's the beautiful part about it. Right. It's like, I just, and I don't grab another album and in, you know, in chronological order until I, I feel like I've really, you know, uh, absorbed all of the album that I'm on. And so it's just, I, I have in there's, there's just always kind of this constant stream of like old school stuff that I listen to, you know what I mean? Omen, you know, uh, overkill Testament, you know, just, just because there it's kind of my go-to stuff, you know? Uh-huh. And I, uh, my, for my, what, I pretty much just get to listen to music for a good portion of my day during work. So, um, that's, yeah, that's, uh, let me see if I can think of somebody else. This really, uh, I'm curious about this whole King diamond, merciful faith thing. What did you think of that stuff? Well, I, I I mean, it's just absolutely amazing. I don't know what my, I think the high vocals turn people off. Yeah. Yes. That, that was it. I can I ask you, quick, I'm sorry to interrupt real quick though. No, George, no, no. George, just to throw you for a loop that the one I commented on was Motorhead. <laughs> no, you know, of course not. Like well, I mean, obviously you're, you're, podcast, yeah. you're, you're more of a merciful guy. Yeah. But, yeah. um, but Motorhead was where we were at the time. So it's okay. <laughs> Fair enough. But anyway, you were saying, Josh, I'm curious to hear too, because Merciful Fate, probably I, my favorite metal band of all time. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, I don't know. I don't know if there was just kind of a very strong thrash metal thing when, you know, I, okay, here's, here's another one that I can kind of dish on George about. Mm. He was like just crazy into thrash, right? Like when we were young, that was it, right? It was Metallica, Megadeth, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I started listening to Sabbath and bolt thrower yeah he, he really he really busted my balls about that he hated that stuff back then yeah you know i did I mean? there was, there was, and there i remember you hated bolt thrower yeah well i i didn't i didn't get death metal at the time okay so no, but, but i remember i remember you telling me yeah there's this band bolt thrower and their albums were released by games workshop yeah and you were just like, oh my God, that stuff is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> now I like absolutely love Bolt Thrower, but, <laughs> but yeah, back then, I mean, even when Death Scream Bloody Gore came out, I was like, oh my God, listen to this shit. Yeah. You know? We've all got those though. We've all got those in our past. We just don't have a friend here exposing us. Exactly. <laughs> because oh, there are yeah. things that I, you know, that I, I 
<laughs> I can't think of one right now, and I'd be happy to admit them, but there were things that I was just like, I don't know about this. <laughs> Well, yeah, now, it's like it is, it's like a cornerstone in my life, you know. You right. know, death, death metal right. and the harsh vocal thing was a completely new thing, and yeah. it, it took some getting used to. For sure, for sure, for sure. And I mean, it just it was. I mean, you know, to be honest, it was a little bit jarring even for us back then, you know, yeah. because it was like you know everybody sang clean vocals for the most part. You know, they were a little bit, you know, they had some rasp to them, but they weren't. They weren't, you know, unintelligible or right. Yeah. 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 And, and so anyway, Oh, I, I had, a, I had something that I wanted to ask everybody and I don't know if you've done this before, if you have totally disregard it, but what is, what is everybody's heavy metal, uh, guilty pleasure? Mm. What, what is, what is a band that you wouldn't want other people to know that you listen to? Let's start with Marcus on. We'll just go through the, I, 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 I have one and it's probably pretty bad. You guys. Are- <laughs> All right. Well, well, you go ahead and start Jay or I'll, Josh. Sorry. No, I'll, I'll fess up. I'll fess up. It's Amaranth. Okay. Well, like, it's not bad. <laughs> no, it's, it's pretty bad, man. They're, they're like, <laughs> they're, they're kind of, um, they're about like the most produced kind of commercial, like heavy metal that you can possibly imagine. But I don't know why I just, every once in a while, I, I bust out some of their albums and I, I rock up to them. Well, I, I can be, I can beat that. Oh God, no, <laughs> no, you can. I can. Go ahead, Marzan. I mean, I can't think. I guess I, I'm not as um, I'm not as big a critic on metalcore, I guess, as some others. So I like. Uh, I don't listen to a lot of metalcore. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, well, the original bands like Archangel and stuff are amazing. Like before metalcore became what we know of it now. Yeah. So I love that. That's not those are the bands, but I do like a band called um, Oceano. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. They're metalcore, but they're actually really fucking heavy and and good. But um, you know, I would get a lot of shit, <laughs> I think, for people if I'm talking about how much I like that band and metalcore. I mean, I'll say it anyways. I'll, I'll put it on an sure. al- uh, album list, but because um, I don't care. Yeah. Um, but I can't really think of uh, too much else. I, I like a lot of good music. Yeah. <laughs> John. I know that like most everything you listen to, nobody else Pretty listens much. to. Pretty much, I get shit for almost everything I listen to. <laughs> um, you know, any band that I would feel is a guilty pleasure, I'm going to assume that these are bands I still listen to because there's a lot that after a time you're like, uh, okay, this is going <laughs> in the heat pile. I, you know, a band that I don't understand why they got so much shit, although their later output I don't like at all, I still do like the first four releases from Lacuna Coil. Oh, I would, yeah, of course. I, I mean, I, I always found it interesting how they got shit on so hard and were said that they were copying Evanescence when, in fact, they had had how many albums out before Evanescence? And yeah. Evanescence sounds just like them. Yeah. So I don't know why they took so much shit, but I don't know. I, mean, I like those too, John. Those the same thing for like me with Arch Enemy. The, like yeah, the first I, two albums yeah, rip. So I thought wages of sin was awesome with mm-hmm. uh, the first one they did with Angela, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, you, most of the prog mm-hmm. stuff I listened to, I, I probably would be like, Ugh. 
what do you what what are your guys' opinion about Alyssa singing clean vocals on the new Arch Enemy? I haven't even I'm not a fan. So I haven't listened to Arch Enemy forever. Yeah, when they when they you know when she when she took over from Angela, everybody was like, Oh, she better not bring none of that clean vocal shit, you know, you know, whatever. And uh, this album, the, at least the songs that they've dropped so far, she's she she's mixed clean vocals into it. Is huh. it good? Is she a good singer? Yeah, yeah. She's she. What well, did you? Uh, what was George? What was the band that she was? The Agonist. The Agonist. Yeah. She mm-hmm. was the singer for Agonist, and it was it was clean slash harsh soul. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I didn't know that, and I don't know well, them. She's, so. she's she's a super amazing singer. I, I I think she is. I mean, that seems like a natural progression for that band. Yeah, yeah. it has already happened. So yeah, I agree. Yeah. It should have happened vocally. I'll probably yeah. see them this year because uh, they're with Behemoth. They're doing a tour, and I, I think I'd like to see Behemoth dance by since I saw him. But also Jeff Loomis is playing in um, um, Arch Enemy, which is kind of cool. Um, yeah, I mean, so, it's worth seeing him. I actually yeah. saw them with um, Frederick from Opeth when oh. he was with them for a little bit. Yeah, he I've seen him with once. Arch Enemy. Yeah. <laughs> So open for a uh, machine head or something when I saw him. Now, Josh, had you asked me what guilty non-metal pleasures do you have? Boy, that list is really <laughs> long. I mean, as I, as I've gotten older, I just, my, my, I mean, my musical, uh, I started out because my mother just listened to music all the time. You know what I mean? So there's all sorts of stuff out there that, you know, I wouldn't, admit to half the people that I talk to that I listen to, you know, so yeah. no, if, you're, if you grew up, you're more or less our age. So if you don't have some Neil Diamond in your background that you don't want to talk about. Yeah. I have yeah. Done. My mom, yeah. 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 My mom was a Neil Diamond guy. Yeah. 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 It was, it was, you know, she listened to all, you know, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, you know, yeah. just and Willie Nelson, you know, all that stuff. Wow. Your mom was very much right. like my mom then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was, you know, and she was kind of a hippie, you know, so there was a lot of, you know, just like, uh, Buffy St. Marie, uh, you know, um, just, you know, uh, uh, oh, I can't even remember all of them right now, but, you know. You yeah. know so. so I'm only too happy to share mine. I have um, <laughs> a Man of War is one, which I, I know that doesn't seem like a guilty That's pleasure. That's not a guilty pleasure. I know. It's a hundred percent a guilty pleasure, George, just because you and I like are just, just love them. Reared on it. I will say this. There are circles though of people that just consider that the cheesiest thing ever. And I really don't like anything past like fighting the world, but those, but I do love the other ones. And then I'll say something I know like George likes and there's each one of these bands. I know somebody else likes on the pod and they all end at a certain point, but like Twisted Sister through, um, oh, man. through, through Love it. Angry is amazing. But, uh, but a lot of people would consider that bullshit. First oh, Lost record, first idiots. two Lost records I think are great. Yeah. And I'm, I'm still prone to, I, it's, I will not hesitate to put on a 70s Kiss record. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. But all of those, I believe me, you, there are people out there who judge us. <laughs> oh, my well, I, well, I, hate, I hate Kiss. <laughs> so, you, know what, for what, you guys no, talk about Kiss so much. It, and, I, it's fine. But and you know, every just, time you know, say, I hate Kiss. I every can't time. stand them. And I'm really not going to defend them. I'm not going to defend them. But, they, um, but it, there I, you go. It's a guilty pleasure. I mean, yeah. you know, having grown up with oh. it, you know. The, did you get, like, I, there was this a Destroyer Reimagined album that came out a while back. 
it's, was it's that really the good. Fifth anniversary or whatever. It's great. Yeah, it has a slightly different cover, like an alternate cover. It's like it was orange remastered. Didn't Steve Wilson actually remix that? No, it was actually the original producer. Uh, Ezra. No, I, I thought he was involved. Bob with, I thought he was involved. Bob Ezra. Something with that. He might have. Let me, let me, let me, let me. Bob Ezra. <laughs> Just going to keep saying it until you agree with me. No, I agree with you, but I, he might be right about Steve. No, Wilson. I'm pretty sure Steve oh. Wilson got involved with them also on that. I'm almost positive he did. Bob Ezrin. You can say Bob Ezrin all you want. <laughs> I'm just being a dick at this point. Jay, 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 Jay at, at this point, what's that? Josh? That's a pretty good question, actually. No, Jay Wasp is one of the bands that I've recently been going through because I was just like, okay, I mean, a band like that can't be around for as long as they've been around and not, you know, I mean, there's got to be something to it. Right? Yeah, so I, I'm going to I'm going to see them in November and they're going to concentrate on the up through Headless Children. Yeah, and those, are, those are the good albums. Lovers. Well, with the mild dip and Electric Circus. Yes, yes Electric Circus was me, but yeah. Uh, it doesn't list Stephen Wilson, John, but he, he might did. Some, he, did the fi- he did the 5.1 remix. That's right. It came on yeah. the, that's in the box set. Yes. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that is he's not, like that's the not master, the He's the master of the 5.1. Mm-hmm. So. Exactly. Good, oh, good memory, John. Yeah, this was a Bob Ezrin remastered George remix. And then the one um, that John's talking about comes in the box. Yeah, for the Blu-ray. Yeah, which is the stuff he does like with um, right, 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 right. Well, that was a good guy. Marillion, all those bands. His also, Jeff Rotel stuff is awesome. Another box that I like very much was that box that was very cool. Um, yeah, Bob and Ezrin. Mine. And, and you know, and I, Bob Ezrin did not remix Jethro Tull. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but ironically, Jethro Tull it remixed no. Then I know there isn't a Jethro Tull. All right, uh, but George, I guess it's up to you to. Throw your heart on the table, man. I'm looking at right. my list, by the way, while we're talking to see if I can find anything, and I can't. Me too. I, well, I legitimately zoomed through my records just to see. I just, I'm sure I have stuff. Well, you know, I wish Trevor was here to back me up, but I mean, I've got hair metal past. Mm. You know, yeah. I, I like Motley yeah. Crue still. I like Poison. I like Rat. Oh, I like yeah. Cinderella. You know, okay, Cinderella. but but I'm going to go a little bit further because this is, oh, you know, if we're, if we're truly oh. opening up here, I'm going to say... I will obviously cop to bolt thrower at this point. No. Yes. I I already, I already ripped on this band earlier. I, I really liked the first five finger death punch album. (laughs) Isn't that what everybody says, George? (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) I've never heard anyone not say that they liked them. They only liked the first album. Yeah. That they like go off. If the you like, and I honestly just don't album, know them. Then, then yeah, yeah, you fuck you. Because <laughs> they just like go off the rails or something. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know anything about them. Other than that guy is always fucking saying he he's the new Gene Simmons of death metal. He's angry. <laughs> I've got face tattoos. Everything in death metal. So. Oh man, yeah. One That's a good guys, question. Though. Good question. One of those guys is was in that um, hired guns. Yes, that's as yeah. much as I know about them. Yeah, and I actually kind of liked him. He left the like band a, though. Okay. Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah, like so, it, it, somewhat recently. Say it again, if you, if you haven't seen that documentary, it's so which, good. Which which one, John? It's called Hired Guns. Okay. 
uh, I think that's the full title. Maybe there's more to oh, it, but it. It's, it's about uh, musicians that are brought in to work. Studio musicians, kind of. Yeah, on other albums. But oh, some okay. of them are actually full-time musicians that got treated like hired guns, like uh, Billy Joel's drummer, who was with him for years, yeah. who ended yeah, up writing a lot of the music and got treated like shit. But also uh, like Alice Cooper's band, you know, like so yeah. they're not just studio people. They're just like people who work for a big name but aren't really – the main show and probably draw a salary as opposed to a serious living. But it's great because it's probably a lot of guys, you know, and like, in some cases, Uh, Alice Cooper is one of the ones that comes to mind. Yeah. Um, Who are, there was some other metal stuff in there. I'm sure there was. There was some that I think with one country artist, I think there was one guitarist in there. Uh, One guy worked with a bunch of pop artists. I mean, they, they make good money, but. I would say the drummer for James, James addiction might be in there. Maybe some stuff like that. But it's, it's a good behind the scenes look. Yeah. That's good. How that works. I love how many really cool music documentaries there are now for stuff. If not metal, at least metal adjacent stuff that we can relate to. Mm -hmm. It's like, wow. And same thing with books, you know? When we were yeah. kids, there weren't any like cool books about rock musicians, and yeah. now everybody's hey, got names. a fucking book. We've got a lot of good uh, biographies about uh, metal musicians lately, for sure. So I, I have a guilty pleasure rock biography. Oh, oh. about Ingve Malmsteen's autobiography. Oh, um, he has one. <laughs> yeah, is it all relentless? Isn't it all Dude, just called a train wreck that you just stand and watch every car derail? <laughs> I would think his autobiography would just be me, 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 me. I've paged through it. I've paged it. I don't think it is. I think Lamborghini, Lamborghini. Yeah, well, there's that. Ferrari. Actually, more humble than you. He actually has a new YouTube show called Coffee Talk with things. I'm not making this up. That's not pretentious. No. And then he just he just spends like an hour talking to Steve Vai or his friends. Oh Jesus. So I have Steve on my show. Let me let me solo for an hour before I get to my first question. This is broke. That is the way the one time that I saw Ingve, it was an hour and a half headlining set and only half of it had vocals. It was like literally half the set was just him going. Yeah, was, this, was the rest of the band even on the stage too? Cause I've heard he's done that where everyone else That's... is asleep and he just plays by himself. Well, I don't remember or plays with a backing track, John or plays with a band and has a singer as a backing. Yeah. Like, vocal. I've heard he, that. Yeah. He, that motherfucker doesn't want to play with nobody, you know. He's actually a pretty good singer. <laughs> oh, I like to play with myself. But when he trashes all the singers he's had as saying they weren't, they're not that good. And you're like, really? These are some of the best singers in hard rock, and you're trashing them for your voice. Well, you know what yeah. he really is is like a Richie Blackmore disciple. So he went out and got everybody that Richie had, you know, with the exception of being Gellin. But Graham Bonnet worked with him. Um, what's his fuck from Straight Between the Eyes? Uh, Jolyn Turner. Yeah. What is, uh, Jeff, is it Scott Soto or so? I can never remember. It's Jeff Scott Soto, yeah. He was I with us for a long time. Uh, or three, a few albums. His first, first three records, I yeah. think. Yeah, which are the only three. And then uh, what's his name? Mark? Bowles. Mark Bowles? Mark Bowles. Mark Bowles. Yeah. He's on the trilogy. That's my favorite. Uh, he did an album with fucking Ripper. Yeah, yeah. Now he's yeah. had some great musicians play with him. That I, yeah. I he definitely has. Like uh, yeah. some of his drummers have been. Oh, I can't think of some of the names, but some of them have been great. Yeah, so, which well, is I'll surprising. How the book is, but I think he is more humble now than he used to be. Because I've, 
I, I just think he is. I'll let you know. But that's my new guilty pleasure. So he went from DEFCON 5 to DEFCON 4? <laughs> Honestly, probably, yeah. That, you're probably right. You're probably or what right. is it, 1 or one to 2? I don't know which direction. Yeah, uh-huh. So how much of this guilty pleasure relates to the fact of your recent guitar purchases? 100%. But, <laughs> yeah, so, but um, it's because what George is referring to is that I, this is a... Yeah. But so here's the thing, though, and the reason I got into, permit me a moment, the reason I got into these guitars was because there's no better researcher in the field. The guy has spent his whole life obsessively playing a Stratocaster. If he designed the Stratocaster, you better at least see what it's about, right? And I bought one, and it was amazing. So then I spent way more money and got the custom shop version. And um, I just tell him, man, this, he's a genius. There's, this is like no Stratocaster I've ever played. <laughs> And it's, and it's caused me to kind of pay a little bit closer attention. I still can't really take his music in. It's just too many fucking notes, as they say, <laughs> and Amadeus. Amadeus, right Amadeus. The movie Amadeus, where the king tells them. Well, he, makes, just, he makes prog guitarists look like the dudes from the 50s. With all <laughs> I mean, the notes he puts in. And he is a savant, you know, fair enough. But so I've just seen a lot of stuff, and I'm interested in his theories and ideas about guitar versus how he plays it. And... I've kind of gotten to know him through a lot of interviews. He's, he's, he's a better guy than you think, but, but yes, Jay, I bought you, the book because of the guitar. Don't you find that the frustrating part about him is that his massive ego mm-hmm. has probably held back some great things he could be talking about that guitarists and amateur guitarists want to hear him talk about. Yeah. And, you know, some of it's out there, but you got to dig. And cause I've seen some really insightful interviews with him about tricks and tips and, stuff and you know like just to give you one example like this one so this is the custom shop one and he did this thing where the this is very interesting i think george you'll think the connection goes straight into the guitar like any other guitar that yeah and then and then the signal goes it bypasses the tone circuit and goes straight to the volume knob that (laughs) may sound weird except it sounds like this has a boost circuit on it like the carry kicking thing i just put on frankie as it cuts cuts through the tone circuit it, well, it has a boost switch. It's like a boost switch. And there's like 10 other things on this guitar that are like Eddie Van Halen type um, innovations. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. yeah so that, I'm interested in that part of him. And anyway, I'm going to read his fucking book. I'll keep you posted. <laughs> <laughs> Jay's going to come back. Yeah, he's an asshole. Yeah. He's- <laughs> All right. Uh, I think we're on to Marcus on what you're listening to now. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry, George. I didn't mean to derail things. I just no. We are oh, we, need- we are filibustering for Matt, who says he will be on in five. Okay, <laughs> all right. Uh, maybe he'll make it for what we are listening to because my list is pretty long, actually. Uh, Some first- lists are longer than others. <laughs> Yours used to be the longest, and I think mine have taken over. I well, you said you had nine. I have ten. Yeah. I see your list is as long as mine. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The first album is a a Nana Converging Ages. This is a a remaster for 2020 on uh, Memento Mori Records and uh, Desert Wasteland Records. And I stumbled upon this band and I've been listening to this record and their second album, Transfigured in a Thousand Delusions. And I've just been loving the hell out of these. And um, someone on Bandcamp Describe the band as immolation crossed with cynic, and that's oh. pretty accurate. It's wow. evil, pummeling death with expert technicality sprinkled with this like progressive space dust. Uh, 
Unicorn dust. And, uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, it's definitely leans more towards the immolation side, but then they go into these passages that do kind of remind me of Cynic. Um, but they have a new album coming out this month called Void of Unending Depths. And it's now one of my most anticipated of the year because I've been listening to this remastered album so much. Um, I really like it. It's like, it's so weird to be surprised to find something I haven't heard um, that I like this much. So that's the first one. My second album is uh, Erskek Thra on Alerta Antifascista Records. This is a atmospheric, uh, an atmospheric post-doom love letter to the Dark Crystal, if you remember that film. Of course. Yes. It incorporates parts of the score from the film and metalizes them into the songs. So it's original music, but then they just, they have parts from the actual music of the dark crystal. And I love the dark crystal. I've seen the movie about a hundred times and I watched the TV show that came out a couple of years ago. Now I think I've, I've watched the whole thing twice through. So this hits me in all my childhood feels and my metal feels. <laughs> I don't know if and the childhood I, feels are quite appropriate, but okay. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and it's just an, it's an excellent record. Uh, the singer is Alex CF, who was in one of my all time favorite bands, Fall of Ephrafa, oh, which yeah. I've talked about many times on that's here. That's the, the bunny one. Yeah, that's right. It was, he does these, he does like trilogy albums based on something either in literature or sci-fi. And that was on Watership Down. Uh-huh. And um, this is Dark Crystal. So I, this is great. This is really good. This dude is a nerd. Yeah. And <laughs> he also happens to sing on the next album on our list, which is Moro on the Quiet Earth. Also on Alerta Antifascista Records. I like just saying that um, this is the band's third record. And in the end of a trilogy, like I just said, Alex does these just interesting trilogies. He likes to write. He, he's written books. He's an artist. And um, this is a trilogy about um, the Nor, which is this nomadic 45th century tribe trying to survive in a society that's ravaged by technology and war. So it's an aggressive epic uh neo crust metal record there's tribal instrumentation in it just really stunning arrangements neo zoom um, dweebies <laughs> yeah and it just has an overall emotional soundscape that pulls you in and makes you feel the story of this world that they've constructed for for three albums so I'm a big fan of uh, of Alex I actually just asked him if he would do art for by the horns my oh nice so uh might be cool if he does it maybe maybe we could even have him on because he's does he's got two albums out this year and he's doing art um the next album i have uh, on my list is azab summoning the cataclysm just a really ultra dynamic progressive death metal um from pakistan uh yeah 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 Lots of technical flourishes on there. There's even a robot voice at the end of the last track. So it's so think high level ripping death with sound wave from Transformers showing up to close shit down. They're more That's than meets the eye, honestly. It is. It really is. Like I, I didn't know what to expect because we get so many great death metal albums. You never know. This one really is great. Yeah. This. So uh, 
I'm going to mention this later, but uh, <laughs> since we're talking about it, uh, the album, I, I pre-ordered the album, even though I knew it was Friday, it wasn't out. I was like, I know I'm going to get <laughs> fucked on this one because that's how it is with Bandcamp. <laughs> and so, but I was like, this is too good not to get. So I'm just, I, I've got all my other purchases. I'm just going to go ahead and get it. I, and I ordered it. And of course it wasn't available, even though it should have been out. And so I went into band camp and wrote to the band and I said, Hey, release this shit. You know, people Charles pre-ordered this stuff. Come on. And they wrote me back, it like released like five minutes later. <laughs> <laughs> so you did a charge. You influenced the band. It was me. It was me. And they even wrote me back and said, Hey, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Here it is, asshole. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of which. Speaking of assholes. Bitchy ones at that. You called me? (laughs) Matt has arrived. (laughs) Get your toilet paper. (laughs) It's not quite your turn yet. Yeah, you're just going to have to wait. You're just going to have to wait. But we we are on what you're listening, what we are listening to, and it is Marcus on. So you're up next. So get your shit ready. I still have a bunch more to go. I got a laptop out. All right. Uh, Next one for me is Wraith Storm, Unseen and Unfound. This is an independent release. It's Killer New Funeral Doom um, that features past and present members of Judicator, uh, Project Rowan Wolf, and Soul Mass. Nice. And it's just, it's one... 37 minute track filled with a sky of dark emotion and just like heavy clouds of dread. Uh, Next one is helpless caged in gold on church road records. This is a really sharp and crushing mix of uh, grindcore noise rock. And it has uh, elements of, uh, of death and blackmail. It's really energetic. I, I, I love throwing this on when I want to just, when I feel like I need to smash stuff. George, you might like that one actually. Help smash. Helpless. Pretty good. <laughs> all right. I'll check it out. Uh, and then the next one is Alpha. All that has never been true on Vendetta records. This is one of my favorite black metal albums of 2022 so far. It's oh. uh, it's drenched in evil atmosphere and uh i would say a post-black progressive sauce if you will so lots of slowed down almost ambient parts stirred in with the the devastation yeah that's a really good record noise uh next one is golgothan remains Mm. adorned in ruin on sentient ruin laboratories there's a lot of uh great death metal this year but there's something about this album and this the massive darkness on the record that just catches my ear more than most if you can imagine it it's 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 almost like the band sounds like a mix of old incantation and ulcerate to me oh, okay so the vocals are, are just fucking lead heavy but every once in a while the vocalist admits this like unexpected wailing shriek that completely completely catches me off guard <laughs> And, and, and it like just freezes my soul or something. It's it's pretty good. Okay, I really like this one. Um, and then I, as I mentioned earlier, I did have one album on my list that's not metal, and it is Third Secret, self-titled independent release. Um, we've been talking a lot about '90s rock lately, that's so I familiar. felt like I I had to mention this one. Yeah. 
because it, this record was a surprise drop. It just came out a few days ago. Right. By and it's a super group with Kim Thale of Soundgarden. Yes, oh, okay. That's right. That's Chris Novoselic of Nirvana. Yeah. Matt Cameron, who's in Pearl Jam and was in Soundgarden. Yep. And uh it's uh it's this mid-tempo alternative folk rock record. Huh. So it's pretty different stuff than what these guys have played before. Uh, but I'm quite enjoying it. His, his female vocals has two uh, female singers on it. And um, it's just really cool to see these musicians I adored in the 90s. And we talk with Mark uh, of Arth a lot about the 90s stuff. So it's really cool to see these 90s musicians get together and do something just completely new and different. So this is the envy of none of the 90s. With I guess so. Feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot better than Envy of None, I think. But uh, well, I haven't heard I have it yet, so I can't of, contradict that. I have to give Envy of None another shot. I, I think I was so fixated, you know, on um, Getty Lee, on Neil Peart, <laughs> Neil Peart. Yes, Peart, I, I, Peart I, nipples. I think I wanted it to be a little more Rush like. I guess. Yeah. You know, I you, you kind of have to get over that, you know, because I miss Rush. Of course. So I have to give it more of a shot, but I, I did really like this third secret record. I wish it would get a little heavier at points. You know, it's, it's kind of in that mid range. Um, I, I want to listen really to this now. Much. Yeah. It's I, I heard secret. about this, but I didn't listen to it. So I can throw that in the box too, if you want. Um, and yeah, that's what I got. Matt's turn. Go All ahead. right. Matt is here. Matt, Josh, Josh, Matt. Hey, good to meet you, Josh. Do you have any questions for Josh? At the moment, I don't. But <laughs> Just putting you on the spot there, buddy. Cannot love that beard anymore, though. I will say that. Um, Thank you very much. Okay, so what have I been listening to? So I started the book, um, When Giants Walk the Earth, which is the unauthorized, McWall's unauthorized story of Led Zeppelin. So I've been listening to a ton of Led Zeppelin. Um, I also surprisingly got into... Um, and it was my first Megadeth album that I really um, kind of took in and digested. And like when I see you guys know so much about so many bands and so many albums, this is the Megadeth album I know and that is Countdown to Extinction. I saw an ad and it had skin in my teeth. And so I, I um, jammed that out quite a bit. Um, Psychotron, Captive Honor. Those are two songs that really stand out to me a lot. Um, we got a second Worm Rot trap track yeah. from the new album hiss can't I wait for that spinning those oh my god and like i love worm rot and those two songs so far are better than any worm rot i've heard um they're just thrashy and i love the shit out of them we got a new temple of void track which i pre-ordered um the vinyl on we got a new tombs track yeah um there was that new what summerlands is- ep uh, i'm sorry go ahead george i'm just like why does fucking mike have to keep putting out eps put out an album yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, got well, another- the last EP was an album length, wasn't well, it? Well, it started off as an EP was, and turned yeah. into an album, but yeah. this one's pretty he's, much an EP. He's got a new guitar player, too. So, um, you know, just new new blood in the mix. Yeah. Um, new Summerlands EP, which I think was two songs, one of which was a Fleetwood Mac cover. I don't know if the other was a cover or not. I didn't dive in too uh, much. It's a new single. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then really a... The one, the one thing I listened to that I really love that stood out to me, I believe the band is called Yatra, Y-A-T-R-A. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a pre-order right now, but they have a track out, really sludgy, um, just really like intense sludge, um, really dig it. So that is what I've been listening to. All righty. 
and glad you could make it. Uh, Good to be here. Thanks for waiting. No, we'll always wait for you. All right. Uh, from there we go to John. Okay, so I won't have much to say because we've already talked about a lot of these albums. Uh, so yes, I also checked out the Azab album, and it's uh, it's cool death metal, like Marcus was saying, with these proggy elements. But it's like early '90s prog deathy stuff, not anything new, um, which is kind of cool. But it still sounds great. Uh, Envy and None, which Marcus doesn't like, but it seems like the rest of us do. Um, that's just for fun. Oh, he's not even here. What's what's the point of me even saying it? Damn it. Uh, Epitaph, we talked about the Maros Mealy. We've talked about Mary's Smelly. Yes. And then uh, bringing in the sax core for Matt, I've been digging into the whole Burial in the Sky catalog. Um, wow. I love the last album, but I wanted to dig a little further because I've been listening to Fractal Universe a lot lately. And it's all these kind of newer proggy death bands that uh, have joined the sax core list. So, you know, they, they throw a little sax in there. Um, and then uh, the album that has absolutely dominated my whole week is an album called Rush Live in YYZ 1981, which is finally after, I guess it would be, this would be 40 years this year, not last, not 1981 when moving pictures came out, but when uh, exit stage left came out, that was kind of like this little hodgepodge album they put together from a show in Montreal during the moving pictures tour. And they finally released the full version of that tour, but from Toronto, that's why it's called YYZ because that's the airport call letters for the city and Ah. it's the full show and it's not touched up. It's actually sounds raw. The drums actually sound like they're from a live show and not cleaned up like parts of exit stage left are. And it's absolutely just fucking glorious listening to two straight hours of them at their absolute peak from their, their best period. It's so worth the exorbitant fee that, Jay and I paid for that damn box, but that live album is just amazing. So I've waited a long time. I had an old boot from the same tour from Chicago that sounded like absolute shit. And I never listened to it because it was one of the worst boots I ever had, but it was that tour and I finally got it. So that's been dominating my whole week since I got that box. Understandable. Yeah. It just sounds so good. (laughs) And Marcus on Scott pizza. Yep. Yeah. But he doesn't know we're talking about him because he's like, Focused on the pizza, not the headphones. There oh, he is. It. He's that's like, nom, 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 nom. Was that pizza or was that something else, George? <laughs> oh, th- no, no, that was me with Matt. Sorry. Yep. Uh-huh. We're in Baltimore. <laughs> yeah. Spoon. So. All right. Is that, are, you, are you good, John? Yeah, I was going to say, I, I have a ton of non-metal stuff, but I'm not going to mention that. So. All right. <laughs> then Jay. Well, I wish I could say I was listening to the box set, but I live further away from the distribution center than John does, apparently. Also ordered it a few days after John, so maybe he got the first wave. Wave. Patience, young Padawan. Yes. (laughs) I wish it had come on the weekend, though, because... If you desperately need it, Jay, I'll put it in the box for you. Or if anyone else wants it. Please. I would would take the live show. Yeah. Because is there digital downloads or something that they gave you? No, man, I ripped that shit in the flock. Okay. (laughs) 
could you would you would you mind putting the live record up? That'd be awesome. Yep. Dude. All right, I've uh, been listening to, I've been kind of catching up with this stuff in the box lately, and I'm not, don't think I'm going to mention anything in the box, but I've been listening to everything. Also, by the way, uh, Matt, I know there was a, a Zeppelin uh, officially um, sanctioned or approved, uh, what do you call it, documentary that came out, and they, I know Ooh. it even had its like debut, but I've never heard of nothing about it since, so... okay. Somewhere out there is a new Zeppelin documentary that oh, the band yeah. all went to the like grand release in London and shit. And oh, nice! Uh, Drop yeah. the face of the earth. That wasn't that long yeah. ago, so nice. That, I would, I'll, I'll be on the hunt. I'm down for that. Okay. Also, if you don't have the renowned and much beloved Led Zeppelin DVD that came out, oh, God, how long was that now, John? Ten years, maybe. Oh, the West was one. No, 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 the oh. DVD one that's got live shows from Royal Albert Hall. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tour, which I was is just, I, I've been doing the How the West Was One because oh, that's, so that's a phenomenal, really. I mean, it just, like, anytime yeah. you're in a shitty mood when you put that on, you're good. But I will, Jay, whatever you're talking about, I will definitely see it's that just out. It's literally just called Led Zeppelin. It's a DVD, oh, and it's got, um, the best thing on it is them live in the Royal Albert Hall from Zeppelin 3 Tour, and it's, when everybody was at their peak, Robert's voice was sweet. Like Robert's was like Led Zeppelin one voice. Yeah. And then there's like Roy, there's some of the acoustic stuff on there. There's Royal Earl's Court show. There's a few things. It's totally worth your time. Sweet. All right, but I've been listening to uh, this kind of cool death metal record I got recently called Disc Funeral, Blood Red Tentacle. Um, I like the Abath record. I've had that on a few times. Um, it took me a while to get to it, but that new Satan record is actually really good, Earth Infernal. Um, for those of you who don't know Satan, they're a kind of new wave of British heavy metal band. Um, Have you heard the good news about Satan? <laughs> and they are still, um, <laughs> and they're still plugging, well, they were gone for a long time, but now they're back, and they are still plugging away in a new wave of British style. That's great. Um, I hadn't listened to that Nightfell record that came out, and I think that's really good. I've not necessarily been a Nightfell fan for a long time or anything, but I thought I'd better check it out. I did. This new thing from the dude from Neurosis, I guess I'm in kind of a big post-metal doomy mood. Oh, yeah. Um, Steve? Body. Yeah, I dig that. Yeah, a record called Play God. That's really good. Hmm. Um, I agree with everybody. I have. I don't think the Temple of Void records have all rated as high with me as, as you guys. They're sort of, I've chemist them a little bit, but I, I, I love this new track. I think it's great. Totally excited about the record. And I've never disliked their other stuff. It's just, I have a feeling this is going to be a really fucking potent record. And then lastly, one that has turned out to be one of my favorite records of the year so far without question. They, and I didn't know them before. They're a doom band and um, they've been around for at least a few releases, but they're called Mesa, M-E-S-S-A. Yep. I can't recommend their new record enough. It's called Close. And it is this big, doomy experiment with all... There's some sax on there, man. <clears throat> but that that tells you nothing about it. I'm, it's ethereal and weird and um, mystical and Indian. And I don't know what what's going on with this record, except to say it is thoroughly entertaining every time I listen to it. I, so I liked this oh, no, better you know than what? the... I apologize. Feast for Water, their first record was on my uh, list the year it came out. It was. I just remembered that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I hadn't really been into them in the past, but I listened to this and I was, well, I did, I got about halfway and I was like, all right, it deserves more. I'm like, all right, I get this. This is cool. 
It's so, great. I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised that I just now discovered that that Feast for Water was them. I totally forgot. This is one of those names that comes and goes from your head. No, uh, Matt, you like that record too. Yeah. Well, I, actually, yeah. in the last episode, I had it on my what I've been listening to. Physical stuff. <laughs> so, yeah. This, this one. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I love it, dude. It's yeah, just so great. good. It's just super entertaining. Um, that covers it, other than just like lots of little things here and there and all the old school shit I generally put in. So, uh, but I'm trying to get all caught up nice. and get ready for mid year. So, mid-year. just making sure I get, get my feet in the, in the water so that I feel well informed. Indeed. Georgie. Eight. Oh, wait. Actually, one last thing. I spent time listening to both of the records from the Thunderdome this week because. They weren't necessarily records that I've ever owned. In fact, I never owned either of them, but I did make sure I listened to them several times. Noise. Way to preview. All right. Uh, my list, I've got 10 albums. First up, mentioned twice already, I believe, Azab, Summoning the Cataclysm, first death metal album from Islamabad, Pakistan band. Very nice. They responded to me, as I said, on, uh, on Bandcamp. Uh, next up, didn't expect to like this one, even though I've liked them in the past. Uh, the new Cancer Bats album, Psychic Jailbreak, kind of a sludgy hardcore band from Toronto. Um, Love Cancer Bats. Yeah, yeah. Dude, well, you dude. know, my tastes wander, but this album fucking rocks. I mean, this is probably, I'm just going to probably say it, uh, look up and down, look up and down, probably my album of the episode. Um yeah, have you listened to the other albums? Because they're all they all rip. I have, I have, but depending mm-hmm. on where I am musically, it doesn't necessarily connect. I see, George. Okay. Next up, I don't know how to pronounce this. It's I'm guessing it's darker, but it's dark her D-A-R-K-H-E-R. The Buried Storm. It's the second <laughs> album of Dark Folk. This is my non-metal album from Northern England. This is a uh, female singer. Uh, it's just really dark and doomy. It's not metal at all, but it's very dark and it's pretty and me likey. So it's good. I listen to it too. Yeah, it's very cool. Next up, uh, I got this tip from James Lewis of Decibel Magazine. This uh, funeral, blood red tentacle, also mentioned, I believe, by uh, Marcuson. Uh, it's their first album. They're a French death metal band. And wow, this is the first album. Where are we going? All right. I think Jay mentioned that one. I didn't have that on my list, but. Oh, Jay. Sorry. Yeah. One of you guys. Alcohol. What are you going to do? Um, <laughs> sleep. Sleep. <laughs> so this is a, a, re, a like last minute addition to my list. Uh, the band is called El Morta and it's, their first EP called TAC one T A K T A K one. They're an mm. Irish death doom band featuring members of morning beloved. Uh, my friend, uh, Derek Weston of, uh, Ireland, uh, suggested this. And I was like, Holy shit, let me listen to this. And it's a couple of really good, cool songs. So check that out. Uh, this one feels like it's old, but it's, I, but I, I, it's, it's since last episode. So I'm going to mention that anyway, the new Eucharist album, I am the void their third album. And you know, their last album was only 25 years ago. Um, 
they were previously a like melodic death metal band and now they're like an old school black metal band and this came so close to being my album of the month for March. So good stuff. Very, very good stuff. Yes. Check it out. This next one is going to give me a lot of problems. Maingarm. Uh, they're a Swedish Viking metal band and their 10th album, which I'm going to call Ode to Ingve Malmsteen. <laughs> but it's like Yinglingatens Ode. But let's just go with Ingve Malmsteen's Ode. Uh, Swedish Viking metal. If you like this style of music, you will probably like this. And me, I like it. Moving on to what was my album of the month last month, The Nest, Her True Nature. This was the first and probably only album from this band as a uh, all-star band featuring members of Wolven Nest, Primordial, Duel, The Ruins of Beverast, and Saturnalia Temple. Much like the... Uh, 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 Shit, what was that? Celtic Frost? Yeah, the Celtic Frost uh, commissioned album. This was commissioned by Roadburn. And, uh, I don't know why, but uh, it was a really good album. It was my album of the month for March. It's kind was of... It, uh, did they commission him first to play live and then the album came after that? I can't remember how it The Celtic it Frost about. thing? or No, no, this band, and that's I didn't actually read the story about how it came about. I just know that it was commissioned by Roadburn. Okay, but oh, uh, that, that is interesting. Well, I I feel like they that, they, that's they show they're doing stuff like that. Yeah, I feel like they sh- these bands get together and do stuff live, and then the album comes fr- somehow from it. Yeah, I don't where, know. Um, I, I hate to sound uninformed, but where is Roadburn? England, Netherlands, the Netherlands. 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 Yeah, that that's what I meant. Just on our, it's on our list, Jay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> Netherlands. Um, but uh, this is a really interesting album. I mean, uh, it's it, it's like very um, atmospheric. Uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for, John? Uh, ethereal kind of stuff mixed with black metal. And obviously people like uh, the dude from Primordial. Um, it's pretty doomy, too, in a lot of parts. It is. And it just kind of blew me away because it's like, most of the songs, the first like minute or two is like very ambient, ambient is the word I was looking for. Very mm-hmm. ambient. Uh, mm-hmm. And then it just kicks into some sort of and uh, I, it just blew me away. So mm-hmm. album of the month last month. It's good. Yeah. Two more. Uh, Pharmacist flourishing extremities on unspoiled mental grounds. This is the second full-length album from this Japanese grind death band, death grind band. Uh, They have like many, many splits and EPs and things like that, but this is their second full-length album, and it fucking rips if you like, you know, grindcore and stuff like that. And my last one, looking at this, you wouldn't know how to pronounce it, but I looked it up. It's spelled X-A-O-C. Yeah. Apparently pronounced chaos, according to the internets. Hmm. And the album oh, is called 
Proximi Mortis, and it is their first and seemingly only album. Uh, they're a Virginia death metal band that got together, recorded many years ago, broke up, and like one of the guys I think maybe got together and and uh, re-recorded the album. It sounds like uh, all I know is it fucking rips. That's really good. Yeah. So I bought that one. Uh, yeah, I, I did too. And I, I don't think we're going to be hearing anything more from them, but it's a good album. So cool, George. Um, well, I also have the darker buried storm deluxe edition. If you want that too, I bought that one. I was smart oh. enough. I was like, ah, smart. Yeah. <laughs> Extra Prophecy tracks. seems to always do a regular and a deluxe. Yeah. So luckily I, uh, picked up on that one all right it is time for the metal thunderdome matt take it away yo um so my picks basically i love old school death metal but i know nothing about old school death metal per se um i feel like the more i try and get into it the less i remember although i have no memory whatsoever that's part of the problem but um, one band that is kind of my middle of the road any day is death. But when you look at death, um, I feel like everybody that's on this podcast right now was in the band death because there's been so many members besides Chuck. And so I started kind of comparing, researching, you know, who was in death? Where did they go after that? And four bands that came out of that like thought process. Cause there's many more, but one was autopsy massacre repulsion and sadis. And what's interesting about sadis is I feel like sadis was my first old school death metal. Um, kind of like what I got into um, the album was the vision of misery. Um, other stuff I got into was more like the, you know, Slayer and Metallica, but sadis was definitely that death metal band. Um, and so I kind of spent some time going through those four bands and the albums they had, how they lined up with, you know, timelines, what albums came out when, and I kind of came to Autopsy, Severed Survival, Sadus, Swallowed in Black. And after many hours of listening, um, you don't have to go, if, you can go second. What's that? You can go last. You're supposed to go oh, last. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're supposed to go last. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, good. I'm glad I didn't give it away. Though. Josh goes first. That's where I'm at. All right. What are you drinking, Matt? Uh, Hammerheart. Yes. The last beer brewed at their Lima Lakes facility is called Stone Circle. It is an Imperial Gravel Ale. It's a basically like a smoked dark ale, and it's really good. When you come visit me, you will bring me all the Hammerheart. I know. You are will, so lucky to be in the Hammerheart area. To you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My backyard. It's like all I've got is Atlas, you know? <laughs> And, and anyway, this is a great pick. I, I have a, a special uh, place in my heart for these bands. So yeah, that's totally. a really good pick. Mm-hmm. Right on. But Josh gets to go first. Right. Oh. Well, I'm not well-versed in either one of these bands, unfortunately. Uh, George, George sent me the the, the, the the two bands that were going to be going against each other. I listened to both of them. And uh, I... Sadus had has I, I was never really huge into the old school death metal. Um, uh-huh. 
I mean, you know, bolt thrower. <laughs> we talked about that already. Yeah. Uh, I really, 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 really love bolt thrower and still do. Um, but Sadis has a very strong uh, death angel feel to me. It's thrashier. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. And so uh, if I were going to have to go with one over the other, it would be Sadis. All right. Black. Right on. Perfect. Mm. Magazan. Yeah, like I said, it was a tough one for me, um, but I am a big fan of Sadis, especially this <laughs> early period, because I think they just perfectly balanced death and thrash with that killer technicality at a time when bands, I think, were really finding their footing, navigating genres and styles of extreme metal. So um, Swallowed in Black happens to be my favorite record from Sadis. Uh I love the debut, but this is just a heavier, more technical, more death metally affair, which is how I like it. Uh, so as good as autopsies, as good as autopsies, severed survival is. I think the the innovativeness of Sadus at the time, uh, the musicianship, um, the bass player is amazing. Actually, is, both did uh, you, got De Giorgio. Giorgio, yeah, De Giorgio is freaking a god uh but actually the base on both albums is really good uh, but just the complexity on swallowed and black it, it just wins it out for me um yeah just a great death thrash merging unbelievable good underrated album by the way too underrated mm-hmm. band yeah yeah so there you go two for sadis all right john so I know both bands, but um, like Josh, I'm not as well versed in them as you guys, although I do know both of them. Um, and initially at looking at this, it seems like Sadis would be the band I go with because of the technical thrash aspect to them. Cause I do like that early technical thrash stuff that was coming out specifically bands like watchtower and corner Macon Delta Um a band that George helped me finally get a hold of after all these years of Bolivian, which most people don't know about them, but they are just unbelievable. So I, I, I like that part, but I'll be honest. I wasn't as captivated by their thrashier aspects. Uh, and I found myself gravitating more towards the art, the autopsy because of the older, um, old school death metal sound. And the funny thing is, is I didn't even listen to the right album. I actually listened to their second album more this week. <laughs> I was like, this fucking album is amazing. And then I looked at the list. I was like, oh, fuck me hard. <laughs> so I'm back and listened to the first one. I was like, well, I like this one. Yeah, pull a quote. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, um, they're both good albums. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not knocking the say so. I just, for some reason, I didn't gravitate to the thrasher aspect of them even though I know they're a, a combination of, of death and thrash for that period. So I ended up actually really liking the autopsy a little more. And so I'll, I'll go with them. Um, yep. Even though it's more the second album from autopsy. That I <laughs> to, not the first one. <laughs> but I, I, I tend to think from everything I've read about them, that those are the two albums, obviously from them that are, that really stand out. So. All right. Jay. Uh, same boat as John and that um, I'm certainly aware of these bands and I think it's safe to say I've never owned anything by either of them. 
Um, but they're, they're very much in the zone of a lot of things that I like very much. Um, no point in going off on a great um, descriptive thing about how I chose, except that it was actually very similar to John's and very, with a very similar result. I think knowing that I kind of tend to gravitate towards um, Celtic Frost and that kind of weird, dark, underproduced version of metal at least that's a big part of my heart and autopsy is way closer to that than the status is um plus also i just appreciate that style of vocal more on the autopsy record and it's just i i totally get what you guys are saying about the um kind of technical aspect but the truth is is that there's something really visceral to me about those non-technical records it's the same reason all of us with some exceptions might on one day say that Scream Bloody Gore is our favorite death album. Even mm-hmm. though, yeah. even right now it is. Least, even though it's the least technical from a long, from any standpoint. So all of that goes into, I think, explaining why I very easily gravitated uh, towards the autopsy record. So that's my choice. Uh, I definitely liked it better than the other one. All right. So we're two and two at this point. Luckily, I am not the tiebreaker. Um, <laughs> no. That'll be Matt's decision um i love both these bands and so when matt told me what this was i was like oh yeah this is gonna be hard <laughs> and i uh i, I like sadis i like de giorgio gotta love de giorgio you just say it de giorgio mm-hmm. for Matt. it's good <laughs> you know it's, um, yeah, it's, it's not takeout <laughs> it's de giorgio <laughs> <laughs> and of course autopsy you know one of the classic death metal bands um so it was a tough decision and uh it was one that i kind of said all right i'm just gonna wing it because i could go either way which is typical for me <laughs> if only will were here um <laughs> Ooh, the anticipation. <laughs> but I am going autopsy. Just because uh I like the death the aspect more right now. That's where I am. But I I love both bands, so Matt. So the one thing I forgot to mention was um with autopsy it's the drummer is it chris reford Reifert? yes yes from yeah he from was in death, death. <clears throat> um just to step back massacre included like cam lee rick ross terry butler bill andrews repulsion included matt levo and scott carlson and then as we've mentioned say this steve de Giorgio, which again it was not delivery beautiful name to pronounce um what's interesting is when you look at like classic death metal albums I do see um, Severed Survival mentioned numerous times. Okay. I don't ever hear about Sadis. Even when we're not looking at lists, I, I never hear anybody talk about Sadis. Whereas Sadis was this band that I like brought me into what is now death metal. Um, <clears throat> and as we, you know, when we look at it from a group aspect, like I love both albums. Um, Sadis is a little bit, you know, more technical, more thrashy. Mm-hmm. Um, autopsy more slow and low you know i don't want to say doom but you definitely there are instances of doom but it's definitely you know your lower end death metal yeah um 
but just because, uh, and John, to your point, I actually listened to that other um, autopsy album. Love it just as much. Um, so, because I was just trying to just take in as much as I could. But for me, I have to go and say that's swallowed in black. We are tied. We need to Will. Up. <laughs> More of the people. We need a lifeline. <laughs> Calling Will. Well, that was unsatisfying. Yes. <laughs> I, I will say real quick, Matt, uh, you confused yeah. me with this because I thought it was the Italian band Sadist. Sure. S-A-D-I-S-T. Yep. And I was like, yep. oh, yep. well, this is going to be easy because I like them. And I was like, oh, it's Sadus, mm-hmm. not Sadis. Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. No, uh, Sadus is definitely underrated compared no, to Autopsy. I think so. You know, um, but I've always been a, a big fan of them. So, yeah. But anyway, we'll see what the people on Facebook think. And we'll try. Uh, we'll try and get Will's opinion too at some point. We will. I, I predict Autopsy will probably win on Facebook because I think Matt's right. I think the status is slightly less known, or mm-hmm. I don't know if it's underappreciated. Sometimes underknown is a better word than underappreciated because mm-hmm. there was yeah. so much coming out too at this time. Yeah, when these both came out. Which, by the way, well chosen too because they both came out within a year of each other. And that—that's what I was kind of aiming for. Um, but yeah, which actually. That does. That was a very interesting thing to me because they are pretty different sounding records, and that's mm-hmm. okay. It's just I was. We were talking about extreme metal earlier, and um, with George, you were talking about the transition to like getting your ears transitioned to the extreme metal, and it, you can sometimes forget that we went like that. The, the transition overall in the sort of global sense happened so fast. Like it went from sort of like the heaviest thing out there being I don't know what. Like let's just say show no mercy or something by slayer or something and then it just devolved into absolute bloody chaos you know what i mean it was just like it got so extreme so fast and i don't know if show no mercy was the right call out there but you know what i mean so and then so it's interesting how how much they were innovating by the time we got to 89 and 90 which was when these came out yeah so yeah yeah that, that's definitely a genre that has got pushed really hard in the best kind of way yeah it's a great picks yeah, and really. Tied, no, clearly a great pick because we're yeah. deadlocked. Yeah, I just. Um, I think that's never happened. I know Will's not here, but that's never happened before. I guess it was never. Yeah, I just this, texted this him. I'm like, dude, say this for autopsy? Question mark, question mark, question mark. I'm like, we're recording. We need this. I think he's a big autopsy fan. Isn't I he? think he would probably go autopsy, but. Editor's note I was wrong. Will chose Sadis. Sadis wins. Well, you know, the sad thing is, is there a lot of, you know, to your point, Jay, I don't think a lot of people today or even back then knew about a lot of those bands that had technical thrash in their sound Yeah. because honestly, it was over a lot of people's heads. Yeah. They just didn't get it. And if you, if you started with the Sadist album first and then went back and listened to the autopsy, you may not grasp what they're doing on that Sadist album because it is a very technical album. I mean, there's nothing left, you know, in the shed. They they take everything out and just let it rip. And I think that's I actually think for, that's, a, that's a good point, John. Because you know what? If I if, let's pretend that we this were at the very early days of extreme metal, and I haven't heard that much extreme metal, and I hear the Sadist record, and then the Autopsy record came out the next year, and then we had this contest, I would probably say Sadist, and I'd be like, why did Autopsy go backwards like that? <laughs> yeah. well, you know yeah, what I mean? <laughs> even, though, even though they are both like really well accepted 
perfectly legitimate things to even do now you know yeah and um and so it's not really a step backwards but if it had been during those developmental phases i probably would have been like well come on you made a good point earlier jay which is you know it doesn't always have to be the most like technically proficient album to, to to speak to you you know it can be just a visceral yeah death metal album you know that you just really gravitate towards it doesn't have to have because i feel like the status has just more going on in it oh it definitely part of it oh yeah so um you know but for me that you know that's what i liked i like that they mixed the the death and the thrash you know but well for other people's a little different that's fine no and you know i mentioned the celtic frost and really the record that it kind of came to mind vocally and in a couple other spaces was Morbid Tales while I was listening to it, mm. the autopsy record and Morbid Tales might have been, re- could have been recorded by dinosaurs. You know what I mean? Like that record is not like a really skillfully delivered record, but it's still as a definitive. Yeah. There's some painful transitions on that album. There are, there are, but, I, but, <laughs> but that's the charm of the album though. <laughs> well, I would love to sit down with you and listen to them together sometimes, John, because <laughs> there's one that I thought, was a painful transition forever and ever and ever. And I was listening to it the other, well, a while ago and I was like, wait a second, that's actually right. That's actually correct. Yeah. Because it sounds like the drums slow down or something, whatever. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. But yeah. anyway, yes, Marcus, you're right. Sometimes it's more about feel and I guess the feel of the autopsy. No, I, I think it's, it, it, it should be that, you know, it's yeah. how you yeah. respond emotionally to music. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's the most skillful or, yeah. you know, the, the kitchen sink is in there, you know, it, that doesn't matter, you know, yeah. it's just like yeah, how you sure. respond to it. So, yeah. yeah. When but, I look- I mean, but then, then there's bands like Carcass that somehow managed to do both, yeah. you know, yeah. for me, yep. like really. And that is one of the things that stands out about that band and, and many others besides could do that too, but that's why I think they dominate that genre the way they do. Yeah. When I, I, I when I listened, I listened to Sadis first and I was like, Avi, you know, <laughs> this is totally going to be my pick. <laughs> and then I listened to the autopsy and I was like, Oh yeah. Good point. I was like, all right. This is, autopsy. <laughs> I was like, this is kind of more where I'm at right now. <laughs> it's like, I love them both. But this is where I'm at. Well, they were good choices, man. So, that was a fun one. Yeah. yeah. Definitely so. good. Clearly, clearly. And now I'm dying to see what, what the what the public says and then also what Will says. But I think let's, you're right. Let's Mike. say autopsy. I think he probably I think he's gonna feel, go autopsy. They always go against my pick. Always. Always. <laughs> but, I feel, but I feel like he's talked about them in the past yeah. a number of times. I don't know why. I just Autopsy? Did, did we see them at Death Fest? Yes, that rings. No, um, they might have been at um, Decibel one year. Mm. I'm trying to think. There was. I thought. Hold on. I could have sworn. I will have to ask him who we went and interviewed in the back trailer at Death Fest. I was with him. Well, there was November's Doom. You guys interviewed Satan. I wasn't for Satan. Uh, but there was. We went in the. It was just all the way in the back, so you couldn't even hear the. You could hear the music, but it wasn't that loud. It wasn't Wombath, was it, Jim? It was, Wombath, just, yeah. No, no, it was, I, I'll have to ask him. I can't remember who it was that we went. And I had nothing to say because I was like, I don't know. It's, it wouldn't like, have been surging. autopsy if I'd been there. I'd have been like, oh. But I would like to say we've seen him at one of the things. I feel like, I just feel like we saw him at one of the fests and he was really big on it, but I could be wrong about that. Yeah. I feel like that was decibel and it was in, in incantation. 
but just saying. But no, yeah, well, that happened. Yeah. Um. Interesting. Yeah, I can't remember. Probably the world will it. never know. <laughs> the world is not enough. <laughs> no, James, no. <laughs> All right, well, uh, we are at the end, and there's only one more thing to do. And that is to pick our album of the episode. Josh, of all the music that has been mentioned this evening, what is your pick that you like the most? I, after listening to the, uh, in, uh, I will give it a shot. I will probably butcher it also. Yeah. But, I believe that if you you're supposed to roll the R's, so it's Maria Smelly. Maria Smelly, um, yes. Yeah, Maria Smelly. Anyway, uh, it's just that's kind of where I'm at right now. It's with all the folk elements mm-hmm. and you know, folky, as John said. You know, that doesn't sound very cool, but whatever. You know, pagan, whatever you want to say. Yeah, pagan makes it um, really scary. Hey man, like <laughs> I like the darker, and you say dark folk, I'm in. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that one, I, I just, you know, I didn't have a, like I said, it takes me a long time to kind of absorb songs and albums and, and bands, but in the time that I had, that one really, really stood out to me and I'm, I'm really going to give that one a lot more attention. So that one, that would be my pick. That does not surprise me. Give their first <laughs> album a spin too. I think you might like that one also. Uh-huh. Yeah. So not as folky, AKA pagan. But uh, actually, it is. It's very pagan, but not as bulky. Yeah, 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 for sure. I'll check it out. Thanks. Hey, Magasan. Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to go with uh, Sadist because Spalvin Black is classic to me, but I'm making an audible on this one. And oh. I'm going to go with a more current record. I'm going to go with the uh, remastered Inanna album I mentioned, Converging Ages, because I just adore finding a great album unexpectedly because yes. it doesn't happen that often these days. Nice. Yes. Yeah. I get it. All right, Matt. So as I'm coming into this midway, has anyone mentioned Mastodon's Leviathan? <laughs> no. Mastodon has been mentioned, but I don't think Leviathan has. No. So then <laughs> I will go with uh, Sadist Swallowed in Black. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John. Uh, so all these albums I listened to were great this week, but, uh, Marcus just said something that ties into this. There are a few things that make you super happy music. One is discovering a new band, um, for the first time or being surprised, like you were saying by Mm -hmm. a release or waiting a very, very long time (laughs) to get something. I waited 40 years to get this show. Uh, and so I'm going with Rush's Moving Pictures yes. 40th anniversary nice. live in YYZ 1981. It's just fuck yes. I like I like live shows because uh, while a lot of them suck on album, there are a lot that are great because I like to hear how a band sounds. I don't want to hear the album live. I don't want to hear it word for word, note for note, you know, lyric for lyric, all perfectly done like it is on. The album. I want to hear some some warts and scars and some interesting things and some improvs. And while this still sounds like note for note for the album, it just has that live feel. Um, 
yeah, I can't even describe how happy I am to, to get this. And also to let you guys know, it's up in the box if you want to listen to it. So Noise. I'm loading it right now. It also has, uh, Jay will remember this from the Exit Stage Left video, it has the, the full medley that they do at the end of the show. Mm-hmm. which they do the by torn to snow dog and it goes into all their early stuff in the end in the mood. And then it finishes with, with grand finale, but it also has the reggae version of working man. <laughs> reggae. Which is kind of wild to hear that it opens up as a reggae version. And then they do part of uh, hemispheres in this. It's a, it's like, they a call me minute. the working man. Yeah, actually, it's and, which is kind <laughs> of funny because the next album, they have reggae influence on signals on the next album. Interesting. So, yeah. You know, it's funny too because now um, I always felt Exit Stage Left was um, muddy, you know, so, or something about it. Like it just was underproduced somehow, and so hopefully it writes that wrong too. I see. But they actually felt that they they took away the live aspect and, and polished it too much, and then I think in the process they took a lot of the bass out. Yeah. It seems like it's hard to hear now. It's just like Getty's basically so, beating you over the head with his bass. <laughs> <laughs> which is exactly how it should be. There you go. <laughs> and the drums sound like uh, if you're if anyone's familiar with All the World to Stage, that album, mm-hmm. which is their first live album, it has that that pop and and the drums and the snare that sound live. So it it's a lot different. Awesome. Um mine just because it really is a record I'm really enjoying and I just want to say it again in the hopes that some other people will check it out. Um, so this one's me by way of Marcus on though. I didn't realize that. And it's the third album from doom band Mesa album called close. Excellent. Or, or close by the way, I'm not sure if it's close or close, but either way. Right. Class, <laughs> class A. Yeah, I'm just wondering, did Jay like, I was like, well, I have to listen to that because Marcus Hunt mentioned in the last episode we did, or did he just completely ignore me and then found it on his own? No. <laughs> Second one with no Which disrespect. One? But the irony is because had you said, even if you did say it, which clearly you did, the name wouldn't have meant anything to me, even though I really liked that Feast for Water. So that's interesting. Right. that, But that we hear so many bands that there are names I forget. And, and it doesn't matter, you know, as long as you find the album that you really like. On my way. As mentioned previously, I think I'm going to go with Cancer Brats for my album of the episode, but because it's not entire, I mean, it's kind of, it's mostly metal, right? It's mostly metal. But, I wouldn't call it metal, but. Uh, okay, well, know. there, there's my in. So my second pick, because I run the podcast and I get to do whatever the fuck I want, is <laughs> Disfuneral. <laughs> Blood Red Tentacle is my second choice for album of the episode. Bitchy George. That's fucking right. If you want a metal album, just funeral. If you want something that's maybe not quite metal, but it's really fucking cool, Cancer Bats. Scoop George's litter box today. I almost saw Cancer Bats live in Spain. Really? Um, I went to Spain, Tracy, and they were playing, and it was like this tiny little place. I actually went to the place and had just this little door with stickers all over it. I didn't even see what was behind it because it was so tiny. Yeah. But I was in Spain with Tracy. I couldn't go see a, uh, a concert in the middle of the night when we we're hanging out. So uh I tried. I tried. I was like, maybe you want to come to the show. See the cancer bats in Spain. That's that, that reminds me of a completely unrelated episode. Uh but but semi. Uh 
years ago I was driving through Pittsburgh because my brother was going to school there and just down this like side road driving along and there was a bar you know as many bars are there's like no windows it's just Mm -hmm. like all wall and there's a door wooden door and above it it says Valhalla (laughs) and I was like what the fuck is that (laughs) <laughs> i was like I, I was like i need to go here and but but i was it was it was like my brother's college graduation or something and like you know there was oh, i was with my my parents and there's no time to stop and, and 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 look into this and and now it's gone well i can tell you what it probably was it was probably some shitty ass bar because i know those bars because it's a it's a whole like you said there's no windows nothing it's like a little like diamond shaped like little window on the door that's covered up and you walk yeah. in, it's like four dudes, like just hammered at the bar and that's it. And they're just playing shitty music, but it looked so fucking cool. I was like, Oh my yeah, God, I, I need to go here. And you know, I've been to Pittsburgh many times since, uh, but it's not there. Right. So what part of, do you remember what part of town it was in? I don't, but where your brother went to where he was, no, at? he went to Carnegie Mellon. So also, are you entirely sure you didn't hallucinate it? I like, cause I, that whole sort of, if I went back, would it be there now? Uh, that's true. It could be one of those like it was there for a moment and Twilight Zone, it, mm-hmm. Twilight Zone thing, yeah. But because yeah. it was it was that like cool looking, mm-hmm. sure. Like this couldn't possibly exist. This least of all in Pittsburgh. In mm-hmm. Pittsburgh, yeah. So well, I'm glad you mentioned the Cancer Bats because they're one of those bands that kind of like straddles the line because it's hardcore punk, really. It's right. not metal. Yeah. Um, but there's it's a lot heavy. of bands like that that's heavy that I don't put on the metal list, but it's like, where do you, you don't really put them in rock. They're like their own. Yeah. Heavy like a separate band. category, right? So, yeah. But they are a great band. They always bring it. <laughs> yeah. George, when, when did your brother go to school in Pittsburgh? I'm sorry, not to interrupt. Sorry. Sometime in the last <laughs> century. Oh, okay. <laughs> Seriously, uh, I, I, I'd really have to think about that. Let me think about this hard for a second uh, sorry alcohol um no because i just found an article about a, ba- a bar in the strip called valhalla that closed in 2003 that sounds about right it was probably right before that it was it's probably right before that yeah yeah i'll find it yeah will might know it too because he spent a lot of time in pittsburgh too pittsburgh is a really cool place despite the fact that they uh have a hockey team that sucks a deck well, the only thing about Pittsburgh sports that I like is that little kid. Yeah. Who does the, uh, he's like that. Yeah. And he's in his little Penguins jersey. And I, mean, I can deal with the Steelers. The I can deal with the Pirates, but the Penguins suck a dick. <laughs> no. Sorry, Crosby sorry, sorry. sucks many dicks. But whatever. I'm a fan. Oh, my. All right. Well, here we are. We are at the end. Josh, thank you for gracing us with your presence. Much thank you so much. Good to meet you, Josh. Yeah, yeah, thank you for dropping by. It was thank you so much for having me. It was fantastic to actually get to talk to everybody finally. 
And uh, maybe if George thinks I'm worthy, maybe I can stop by again sometime. And maybe you should fucking come to MDF. I'm fucking telling you, dude. Oh, whoa. Hey, language. Fucking, 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 fucking. Fuck. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm serious, man. You need to. And I say you come to MDF, bitch. You need to get on that motorcycle and you need to ride your ass down here and fucking watch it. Yeah, well, he's old. He's old and he's crotchety and drunk. So that, I try to capture that in my voice, John. Thank you. Jeez. Thank you. Thank you. Man, you didn't even have to show up tonight. We already have a bitchy member. <laughs> but, you know, plaque. if not, you're always welcome back. Well, if the, if the weather's nice, I will definitely ride down and uh, for sure. I, even, even if I don't necessarily go into the show, it would be fantastic just to hang out with everybody, even if I just came down for like a number or something. So, Love it. Yeah, that'd be awesome, dude. If it's anything like the last time we were in the parking lot, we literally spent half the time in the parking lot, car drinking yeah. beers, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And listening to the bands. Yeah, well, <laughs> it would mean a lot to me if you did. Yeah, no, I, I would, and I'd love to meet everybody in person. That would be fantastic. So, we're all and that, you know the the Sport. extra the, the long ride would be awesome too. Yeah. Also, a uh, weird fact, we're all four feet tall, so you'll see that if you come and see us. <laughs> well, he knows how tall I am, which is several inches shorter than him. And, yeah, I know. I was going to say, I, I, George is not four feet tall, so I mean, you know, but hey, whatever. Yeah. John's like eight foot. John is tall. Actually, yeah, really tall. John's probably yeah. a little taller than you, but only oh, barely. I shrunk. Well, I went to my, yep. see yeah. my doctor yep. last time. I, I, I mean, how tall are you, Josh? What are you? Uh, last time I went to the doctor, I was only six foot, a little bit over six foot when I remember clearly. Seriously? Being, yeah. I, I, I figured you were like six, six two. two. Wait, how tall are you, John? I'm six two now. I used to be six three. Yeah, it happens. You start well, to shrink a little. Because I'm almost, I'm almost little, six foot. Inch. Yeah. Where did that inch inch? Go? I was six feet. And I'm five eleven now. I'm all well. Last checked, I was like eighth inch short of six foot. So, but you were always taller than me. So I don't know. You know what, John? Short. What if we maybe I've shrunk Benjamin? too? You don't think we have that Benjamin Button thing, do you? <laughs> Wait, Matt, how tall are you, Matt? I have that button disease. I don't know I'm so sure. 5'10. I'm only 5'8 and a half. Yeah, but you're fucking sexy. Do you mean wait, do you mean standing up or laying down? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> arms so out or question. arms tucked in. Standing up, I'm seven four. I'm ten five ten. Have you heard of Shaq? (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, I don't even want to end it at this point. What's that? Said I don't even want to end it at this point. What can we talk about? Are we doing our best to go over four hours? Oh, we're over four hours. Are we? Oh, we're hitting five? No, we're we're just over four. No, we're we're just under four. Still over four. four. Yeah. yeah, so we got like seven minutes if you know, people got stuff to say. Yeah. So, Josh, what do you got to talk about? <laughs> I don't have anything to talk about. Um, let's see. Uh, the the Inglings were uh, a Viking dynasty, if you wanted to know. Um, so I'm guessing that based on the name of that of the Mangarm album, yeah, it's something means something along the lines of Young Dynasty, Ode to Young Dynasty. Huh. 
I don't know. Anyway, nice. I really want to see that Northman movie that's coming out. Yeah, with yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. Uh, the Lighthouse. Is with this a really Viking Eric, movie? Looks fucking awesome. With yeah. the with the dude from uh, True Blood and yep, yep, yep. Yeah. And the girl from The Witch. And <laughs> there's a lot of good actors and actresses from True Blood. Uh, 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 Will Willem Dafoe is in it. No, the blondish vampire guy, the tall one, John Eric Northman. Uh, Eric, uh, his father was a famous actor. His like, yeah, he's in like, the Thor movie. Brothers. That guy, Scarsgard. Yeah, Marcus and I. I just watched um, Zack Snyder's thing again, the um, Justice League, and mm-hmm. and liked it even better than the first, possibly two times I watched it. I also yeah. just saw. Um, I finally just saw Spider Man. Um, no way Far- home. Oh, oh, I haven't seen that yet, so don't spoil it for me. I won't, except to say I fucking loved it. I mean, it was just really, really so, good, dude. Hey, is Marcus on it? I know you've seen it, but has anybody else seen the Batman? Yeah, I was. I haven't uh, seen it. What did you think, guys? I heard. I heard it's awesome. I love lo- lots I of hearts. It. Heart, 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 heart. It might be my favorite yeah. Batman. It, it, yeah, it was the really previews good. look really fucking bad, but the reviews yeah. are really but good. Every, <laughs> so, so good. Everybody's saying it's like a fucking horror movie. It's not even like an action movie. No, it's it's a lot like Seven. You know, oh, okay, that's exactly. We so I mean, there's parts that I looked at. Like, What's in the box? Seven. Yeah. So <laughs> we, we were at. <laughs> Earlier tonight, people were like, hey, you can ruin it for us. What movie was it like? And it was Seven. I mean, it totally was like Seven. Really? So so Catwoman's head in a box. Oh, no. No. Robin's head. Robin's head. Oh, my God. Come on, Robin. We finally got rid of that. Commissioner Gordon's head in a box. great in it, though. I mean, all the actors are really good in it. But uh, Pattinson's is particularly good. Yeah. Somebody enlighten me here now. Because this is like now the fourteenth different Batman is becoming like yeah. James Bond in terms of the actors. Is this a reboot of the story or is this a whole new story? Brand new, brand new. Job. Yeah. All right. Because I'm getting tired of these reboots of all these. Like this is another Spider Man. Like fuck, I have yeah. zero Honestly. patience for trying to figure out what's flowing in the storyline, what's not. Like for instance, so, Halloween. I don't know if you guys knew this. The last Halloween that came out. That's actually a sequel. Yeah. To the first one. <laughs> no, there's a Halloween too. And there's a third one. There, so the third one comes out pretty soon. Yes. So next that, summer. Like, yeah, this, why the fuck did yeah. I watch two, so, three you, bullshit? Yeah, no. If you took like the Christopher Nolan movies and just made them more dark and twisted, that's just, what I would describe the bad movie. I like those a lot, that, by the way. I, I, thought yeah, I love yeah. those movies. Yeah. I love or if you those. took like the Joker. <laughs> Did you see? That, yeah, did you see the deleted scenes up with the Joker? Yeah, yeah. I mean, good. it's like scary. Yeah, like, he's like scary, scary. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, everyone's got this distorted view of Batman being like you know Adam West in those tights. I'm like, you know, the dude's kind of fucked in the head a little bit. <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, he's he's not all there. Well, <laughs> and I think this one explores that more than any of the yes. other ones. He, yeah, he in his mind, he is Batman. Like he's Bruce Wayne, but he doesn't even. He doesn't even try to put that personality out. Mm-hmm. He's just Batman all the time. And I really like that part of it. Like he he trained because of everything that happened and he became Batman. So he's he's kind of Batman all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like he's got to learn to be Bruce Wayne, which to me has always been like the heart of the character. He's mm-hmm. he's not Bruce Wayne who becomes Batman. He's Batman right. and Bruce Wayne is the facade. Right. Yeah. And I like that part of it. And Gotham feels like a real 
crime ridden place with this like unique history behind it yeah that i've never really felt before in the movies and this is the way pattinson moves like it's so slow and deliberate it's fucking creepy almost and like i I love Robert Pattinson. Like I, even the Twilight Robert Pattinson. I love him. And Marcus, on you mentioned, you I'm going to edit that movie. out just for you. No, put it in there. I don't fucking care. Guilty pleasure. Do you want to know guilty pleasure of films? Marcus, on you, you, you mentioned like you knew his indie stuff, so you dug him. Like yeah. the only thing I don't like is he just feels a little bit emo with his haircut and stuff. Like yeah, yeah. It kind of bothers me. But he is emo. That's the thing. Like, yeah, that's true. That's what I. True. He's so emo, but everything that happened, and it makes sense because of the trauma that had in his life. Yeah, and he's stuck in this one particular role. He thinks that like he's the Batman, and that's how he's going to be able to get out. And he doesn't yeah. know any better. Mm-hmm. And I like that part of it. He's been doing it for two years, and he, and through the course of the movie, I'm not spoiling everything, but it's like he, almost his eyes open up to where there's different possibilities of how to yeah. go about doing yeah. things, and I like that. Yeah. Huh. Marcus on this reminds me then of the, the dark Knight four part series that came out. What was it in the eighties? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Remember the Batman mm-hmm. four part where killing joke? just like, th- what's that yep. killing joke? Nope. No, no, it, it, no. no. This, it was called um, the dark Knight. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it was only yeah. four parts, but it threw like half of the Batman fans for a loop because he wasn't the Batman everyone was used to on TV. He was a bad dude in those things. Yeah. And I was kind of like, okay, finally they're making him darker. Than yep. he- I know. I know it's, this is a whole different level, especially if it's kind of like the Joker, but I, I liked the version of Batman in Batman versus Superman. And I really wanted there to, for, for that to go somewhere. I really wanted there to be a Ben, Ben Affleck Batman movie. Believe it or not. Oh. I like how he just scared the shit out of the fucking, I mean, I, I'm not comparing it to this because I haven't seen this yet, but, mm-hmm. but I was kind of hoping for that to go a little further. And I also wanted Henry Cavill to stay Superman. But I, I liked him. That I agree with. Yeah. I actually love Man of Steel. Like people don't like it, but I, I, oh, I, I, I agree. Honestly, love, it. love it. <laughs> Believe it or not. It's love it. Favorite. Love it. Love it. It's yeah. my favorite comic book movie, Man of Steel. Yeah. Honestly. Out of I love Man of Steel. People always go on and on about how like, you know, he killed Zod and everything and that he like that. let this all happen. But love it. most of the time that they had the destruction at the end, he wasn't even there. He's fucking saving the planet because there's these fucking beams coming down and he's yeah. got to stop them. He's not even there when the destruction's happening. I'm not joking, dude. I see him oh, all. I love that. I love the Avengers. I love all this stuff, but that Man of Steel... Far and away, mm. my favorite comic book. Movie. Yeah, I really like that one too. I would like to see Henry Cavill do more. Well, uh, somebody tonight asked me, Someone asked me if it was more of a Marvel guy or more of a DC guy in terms mm-hmm. of film. And like, honestly, I am probably more of a DC guy. Um, I just feel like <clears throat> the DC stuff is more artistic. And I, I, I love the Marvel stuff, especially for my kids, because they latch mm. onto it. But man, I really appreciate some of that darkness and that artistic expression. Yeah, edgy. Like Joker. Joker yeah. was a oh, great one. Joker. Joker. So this, did, you know, yeah. a second one. Did, did you guys also like Heath Ledger's Joker though? Oh, I yeah. loved him. Yeah. I mean, I love the Nolan yes. movies. I, I Honestly, thought, that. Sorry, I thought Jen. both were great for Joker. Yeah. I thought you couldn't have done it any better to have a new one. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you had to. You had no choice. Yeah. But I don't know about you guys, but just my favorite scene from all the bat everything that I've done Batman is, is the whole hospital scene where yeah. he's walking. Yes. None yeah. of us. Yeah. It's a fucked up scene. <laughs> Yeah, because really that wasn't what was yes. supposed to happen, and yep. he just kept going with it, oh, and yeah. just that yep. that look, and I was like, "Fuck, this guy's yep. a star." Yep. And then, of course, yeah. we lost him. So that stated, I like, I honestly, I, I think the Avengers movies are amazing. I love the they Marvel are. Universe. Yeah. Stuff. 
But that stated, number two for me might be Dark Knight Rises. That's such a good fucking movie. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. so fucking good. That's really good. Hey, John, uh, have you watched the Heath Ledger documentary? Because I haven't. I, I kind of want to watch it. What is that? No, I, I should. Because There's a Heath I, Ledger documentary about his life. I didn't appreciate him early year? on What's because he did some. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I just want to know what it was called. Oh, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Oh, Brokeback Mountain. Mountain. <laughs> what? I'm kidding. It's called Brokeback <laughs> <laughs> He's saying the Heath oh, Ledger documentary is called Blur. I, I think I first learned about him in that night movie that was all I hated Night's that Tale. movie so Night's much. Tale. I loved Night's it. Tale. I liked it. Oh, yeah. dude. I he ten things I hate about you. Playing to fucking Canterbury Tales. All right, <laughs> fucking stupid. I loved everything that Heath was in. Dumb. The documentary is called. I love everyone in the movie. I just the movie's dumb. <laughs> the documentary is called "I Am Heath Ledger." Okay, interesting. Thank I haven't watched it yet. But, almost. Um, so I had a crazy thing happen. Just switching topics. Hmm. My uh, cat got stuck in the wall for hours. Sorry, so, you know, we had the all the, 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 the pipes replaced in the uh-huh. house. So um, the whole bathroom down here is like ripped up and the walls are ripped up. So in the kitchen, there's cabinets and um, you, you could actually go through the cabinets to get to the, the bathroom to go down and, and into the wall, into the basement. We put on child locks on two of the cabinets, but there was one that was kind of open. It's just one door and the cat opened it and went in it and... Nick, he always comes out and hangs out with me. And by like noon, I was like, where the fuck is the cat? So for hours, I searched for the cat. I was like frantic. It's like two days ago. I'm frantic looking for the cat. Now I have video cameras and alarm system. So I can check to see when Tracy left, if the cat got out at the back door, it like shows if there's uh, animals or something back there and nothing happens. Like he's got to be in this house. But I looked everywhere for hours i had to get tracy to come home to help me because i was like distraught because this is like he's my family you know and i haven't seen him for like four hours she comes home we're in the basement searching yet again probably like the sixth time and all of a sudden he said like head pops out like right above the stair and he's in this like (laughs) little crevice in the ceiling and he's freaked the fuck out like he's hissing he's he's wailing i've never heard this sound come from a cat ever in my whole life and i think he was freaked out because i was freaked out going through the house calling him trying to find him the whole time and um i had to leave like tracy's like he, he was like focused on me he was like angry at me for some reason even though it's his own fault mm-hmm. um and i had to leave and she finally got him out of this and my house is built in the 1920s so this cat had hundred year old dust yeah. and dirt all over him. And we, and we so had to clean him. It was just it was not, unbelievable. I, I in no way want to one up that. And I didn't live through this, but my wife, they had an instance when she was a kid and they had a plumber come <laughs> and that, and the cat got plastered into the, oh. it got into the hole and, the, and then the guy covered up the wall because <laughs> he was just doing his work. And then he had to come back and break it open. They found out pretty quick the cat was in yeah. there, but the poor cat was plastered in between the walls. <laughs> well, what's and, not is like, why don't they make a noise? You know, why, yeah. why didn't Zoso say anything to me when I was down there? Sugar doesn't. Sugar, we, we, we lock, when we lock Sugar Scared. in the room, she'll talk to us. But when we lock our cat in a room by accident, she won't like fucking word. And then yeah. after an hour, we're like, where's the cat? And then she's just sitting there on the other side like, yeah, motherfucker. 
We we just tore out uh, a mid floor on our house in between mm-hmm. two floors. So we have a mid midsection that we dropped it all the way down to the main floor. So our whole crawl space for the whole house was exposed. So, oh, and we just went through that and we, it, it was a royal pain in the ass. And we had some issues family wise because of that, because we couldn't have our cat here because anyone who knows our cat, she's the smartest cat I've ever been around, but she's extremely athletic and she hunts 24 seven when she decides she wants to do something. Mm-hmm. And if she got down there, I can't crawl down there. It's only, you know, roughly, just the, I'd have half a foot above me to crawl through it. And it's the whole length of the house. And if she got down there, and so we had a lot of problems with that to the point where uh, we had, like I said, some family issues and Jen had to actually end up going to a hotel with her for a while oh, because we couldn't, we couldn't have her locked in the bedroom the whole time. Right. That means her food, her box, she couldn't leave the room. And it was a, a real problem. And when we finally got that sealed up, it was just like, Oh, Relief. Yeah. Finally, because that happened to us once. Our other cat once got into the crawl space and Jen just lost it. She freaked out. And I'm thinking, all right, I got to fix this, which, you know, obviously we're not supposed to fix stuff when stuff happens. We're supposed to just listen. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I was like, that's not going to work in this case. And she tried everything and couldn't get him. And I was finally like, no, wait a minute. He's a cat. He likes milk. I literally put that bowl down. He came bolting out of that crawl space like it was nothing. <laughs> I was just like, yes, save the day. Oh, man, it was, it, it was awful. It was yeah, it's a horrible feeling. It is, and I'm glad she's okay. I mean, obviously, that, that does yeah. suck, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah so, he's fine. Uh, and then we yeah. got we got magnetic locks. They're, they're actually locks, and then you use the magnet to, to pull the locks apart. So it's not like it's a magnet on there. The magnet actually releases the lock which is crazy. So shouldn't be a problem anymore, but it also keeps going down there. Like he's super smart. He opens everything. I mean, yeah. fetch it. I play fetch with him every single day. So he's, yeah. he's a pretty smart cat and he just figures things out. But that was like, people got to like, remember these, the house ownership, I guess. These are animals that sleep 18 hours a day. <laughs> and then they literally stare out the window for like three hours a day. So this is like this small window of activity that you have to keep up with them. And they just, they cannot be stopped. They are a force of nature they are. for They're being one of the curious. laziest animals on planet earth. They're just so curious. They need to be in everything. Yeah. You move something. Oh, oh, yeah. What is that? Oh, I got to see that now. I open a box cats in it, you know, it's ridiculous. Yeah, you crinkle a bag. Hey, what's going on over there? <laughs> Is there any snacks in that bag? Yeah. Unreal. Oh, man. Well, dog yeah, just rolls over and farts, you know, so. But yeah, I, I got like, no oh. prets. I got no problems. Yeah, exactly. I don't really get stressed, but I, I was definitely stressed with that because if I can't, I couldn't find them, you know. All right, my butt hurts and I want to stand up. But All right. I, mean, I, love you guys. I, I, I guess that means we are done. Josh is almost passed out. I see Matt's eyes getting heavy over there. Actually, I like that when you say, I guess that means we're done. I would like it to be, we're not done until Jay's butt hurts. We are not done until Jay's butt hurts. Wait, hold on. Can everyone not stop talking? Jay, can you say that again? Yeah. We're not done until Jay's butt hurts. There you go, George. Yeah, All right. Well, keep that in mind at decibel or not decibel. MDF. <laughs> yeah. Why do you think I'm shacking up with Luch? Ah, that's a good point. <laughs>
<laughs> All right. My oh, man. All right. Well, boys. thank you, everyone, for coming. Peace. Thank you, Josh, for coming. Appreciate it. Nice to meet everybody. And uh, we will see everyone next time. All right. Good night. Bye, brothers. Bye. See you guys. Bye. Reason 21, I never got into metal. During my teenage years, it didn't seem like the best soundtrack for what I like to spend most of my days doing, which was jerking off to the swimsuit issue. Casey Kasem seemed like a better fit for that.